0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live, Bezrat Hashem, with the help of God from Judea, you're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Hi there. How you doing, Malka?
1: I have a little cold. Oh, man. I have that, like, there's a thing that everyone has now, this, like, between seasons. See, I know that in places like New York, you've already gotten, like, a record snowfall and all this stuff. You guys are, like, solidly (coughs) in wintertime. But here in Israel, I feel like we're still like transitioning into winter. Oh, yeah. I think part of that also is that we're not getting very much rain. That's right. um, Which is not a good thing, seeing as here in Israel, um, like for six months a year, we get zero rain. And that's just part of how it works here in Israel from uh, like right after Pesach until um, Sukkot, which is six months, which is half a year. There is zero rain. You are expected zero rain, and so after that, in the winter, that's like all of our rain, that's and right. we're not getting any rain almost. So yeah, so, so there's like a lot of viruses and stuff flying around. So
0: let's okay, that's one way. Okay, let's ask everybody to pray for the rain. Yes, in Eretz Israel. Okay, because the rain in Israel falls so it's mostly mainly on the. In the winter. So, therefore, I want really you... That really good and rhythmical. Yeah, so I want you to please pray, especially if you're in a place that doesn't have enough water. Let's say, like, California or Texas or these places Arizona. that, that like, needs more water. You pray for our water and we'll send you blessings right back. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Oh, in fact, in fact, if you remind me, I'm, I'm going to talk about my, my, my yoga dvartoro, okay? Okay. I didn't get a chance to do that yet. I know you know it already, but we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about... We'll talk about uh, what goes around and comes around when East meets West. Um, that's right, maka. So let's pray, let's all pray for the reign of the land of Israel. I just wanted to make sure you said you're a little sick, did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, my friend Eric said to me that something in the world that people are, are are concerned with is something called a tridemic.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: The combo of flu respiratory syndrome, and COVID, are you sure you don't Can have- Can you get
1: it? them all at the same time? Yeah, it's a, you get it- Or do th- you just get them one after the other?
0: It's a three for one, Maka. okay? It's, it's, it, you've heard of Black- That's how I like it. Black Friday, uh, uh, Cyber Monday, yep. Tridemic Tuesdays, okay? <laughs> and you could just get it, it's a three for one. So let's keep all the way from the Tridemic and let's instead heal that Tridemic with the tri-awesomeness of- I'm Israel, Be'ertz Israel, Pitarat nice, Israel, okay, nice. the nation of Israel, on the land of Trifecta. Israel. Trifecta. Working on the Torah of Israel. That's right. Okay. Uh, so, Malka, please have a refuah shlema. Thank you. Amen. And and therefore, and the way we're going to pray for for you is by praying for everybody yes. who needs a little bit of healing. There's a lot of people. Yes. And I want to say that uh, yesterday, I the Lord gave me uh, such a sweet and so memorable of an opportunity that I choke up inside. Because I got to go to the hospital yesterday and go visit um, our dear friend, uh, Ofra Ohana, mm-hmm. who was injured in a terrorist event, uh, terrorist attack about, I think, a month ago, maybe a month and a week ago already now, about a month ago, and it was a Saturday night. And uh, he responded to a call of a terrorist attack uh, in Hevron a little bit more towards the Arab part of Chevron and there was a terror attack on a store and Jews were injured he came in he found the guy that was lying on the floor he had been shot in the head and uh and Khananya uh, and he in the end actually did not make it right. but but the terrorist had fled the scene when uh, when when Ofrohana was was dealing with this uh, with injured this injured man injured well, man lethally
1: right injured man right. um
0: the terrorist circled back and at the end uh shot uh, Ofer Ochana and hit him in the liver, and him in him in the arm. Right. Um, I um, yesterday visited Ofer in the hospital, and uh, his liver and all that business is doing rather well. Thank God. Uh, his arm, on the other hand, definitely needs our prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had some some kind of nerve damage. And who the heck knows what happens yeah. when you know? I'm not. I am. I ain't no surgeon. You know. But it's
1: a, it's complicated. The arm is a whole thing. Everything's with a many different the, ropes of ligaments and tendons. So this and arm is nerves.
0: not is not being like they're not. It's not going gangrene. God forbid. God forbid. But it it's not responding. It's not working. Right. The blood is flowing, but there's thank like God. Some
1: so okay, okay. I remember they were concerned he was going to lose his arm. Yeah. So right now he's not losing his arm, but he may not have the function of his arm, and that's his main right arm, functioning arm. Right. arm.
0: So I got to go to uh, to to the hospital to hang out with him. And uh, it was. I got there very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the merit of helping him put in his tefillin. And I told Uri Karzin, that, uh, the Director General of the Jewish Community of Hebron, that I got to help uh, Ofer Ohana put on his tefillin. He said to me, that's the shimush. That's called Bikur Cholim. That's really That's Bikur nice, sure. uh, And uh, when, when we had the uh, Chay Sara event, Chay Sara Shabbat Hebron, uh, just uh, two weeks ago, then I mentioned the story that when I called Israel and Hebron in order to get married 20 years ago, Malka. 20 years. Yeah. And I called somebody there and Hebron answered. And I said, you know, can I, can we get married in Hebron? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, he's like, what date do you want? I'm like, Tubav, the 15th of Av. And that's like the most coveted date on the Jewish calendar for marriage. And The guy's like, "Okay," I'm like, "What do you mean, okay? Who do I have to fight to like make it happen? Do I have to go in front of a committee? Like, like is there another wedding happening at the same time? What's the?" He says to me, "Bro, there's nobody getting married around here. It's the Intifada. You're the only one. Don't worry about it." And I told the story, and everybody's like, and I'm like, and then I honored you, and I talked about our marriage 20 years ago, that was our really wedding. Nice. And then I'm like, and do you know who that guy was? And I and I gave it a pregnant pause, and people were like, "Yeah, no. they're like, who? Who?" And they're like they throw out names. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. They're like, I'm like, it was Ofer Ohana. He answered the phone. It was him, the caterer. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and uh, I mentioned that to the crowd there, and people were 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 you know they choked up, and some people also uh, were moved to to donate to the Hebron Fund uh, to to help to Ofer Ochanah and, and to replace
1: some of the equipment that was injured in that attack.
0: Yeah, we had a, we had a, a very expensive. Uh, you know, car security for security, security vehicle. vehicle destroyed, as we say in Hebrew, totolos, loss, total loss. um that's Yoni yoni Blechbard's vehicle. um and um, right now we actually have a campaign going on at the Hebron fund um that's gonna be when you're listening to the show. So please go to Hebron fund and go to the Yishai page and donate there uh, right. to help uh, to help families uh the the family of the uh the murdered the families of the injured and also to replace our security vehicles so that we won't ever have to
1: and so many other projects hebron is uh is a place which on the one hand they're constantly holding down the fort and they have uh, daily needs and requirements on the other hand it's a it's a city that wants to like blossom open you know it's a place that wants to make projects and make buildings and clean up and just uh, welcome guests and a lot of costs involved in that
0: you bet and especially honor the tomb of the forefathers and mothers and beautify it for the nation it's a national pride it's, a, it's an issue of national pride right um, speaking of Chevron, I want to say that we've been in the news a lot in the last few days I mean we are like the center of all news in the last few days why because we've had a few soldier to um, provocateur incidents right we had one provocateur coming up to a soldier and bother him, right? And bother him, and bother him, and push him, spit him, right? Or while he's uh, on the job, and the guy and the kid kept saying, "The soldier, who's 18 years old or 19, holding a gun, trying to keep the peace, putting his life on the line for the nation." And the guy was bothering him on video, going like, "You're Benkvier's soldier, aren't you? You're just a fighter for you're, you're like oh, you're like a mercenary for Gvir. You want to do Benkvier stuff. That's what you want to do." So then this kid goes, Benfier will come into, uh, into power and he's going to make sitter around here and he'll take care of you. Okay, after being right, pushed he'll around. Like,
1: he'll like, make sitter means he'll like put things in order.
0: Put things in order and, and make, make order out of, out of your provo- provocateur provocations. provocations. So that was caught on video. It was put out in the press. This kid got 10 days in the army slammer.
1: I wonder what that's like in there. Do you think it's, it's bad? It's,
0: no, it's not bad. It's
1: so not. maybe it's kind of like a vacation a little bit. Like is, ten days vacation for you, son. It is. It is. And, and and like you don't have to stand duty. You just but once again you know, eat your meals, learn some Torah. But once again, do you know what
0: what came to the rescue? What social media? There are times where I'm like, you social media are something else. Why? Because the Israeli people were just like no 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 our boys are defending our land they're standing up to these euro paid bastards okay oops delete uh they're standing up to these euro paid activists and 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 the kid didn't do anything wrong at all he just said a little phrase but big deal it's the middle east around here you know what i mean people throw words around sometime big deal like, who cares? This is not something punishable. Anyway, this made such a stir on the Internet that, like, they're reconvening to, like—
1: Even the chief, uh, IDF chief of staff, uh, General Kochavi, made a statement about it.
0: Yeah, he made an, He, he
1: co- defended the officer who decided that he's going to go to jail. But, but nonetheless, he was forced to comment on it, that the whole nation was in such an uproar over this story that he had to say something. The army
0: does not belong to the people. Oh, scratch that. The army belongs to the people.
1: Well, you know, it does belong to the people, but at this it does belong it's to the our, people, but it also it's our There are generals that we're yes. putting
0: into this fight and and there there's Yeah, they're but not you don't get us. to
1: you don't get to make phone calls and tell the sons and daughters no, what you don't to do. Get there's to make, a, there's officers and there's yeah. higher officers all the way up to Maka, the IDF chief of Maka staff. just you're right. You're right yes. everything you're
0: saying. But remember the average people that are sending their kids Right to the front lines for god's sakes and they don't need our army to be throwing our kids into jail right. for for
1: for what? Right for speaking uh rudely. Yeah, and for pushing back on this guy. Right. Anyways, so that was story number 1. Story number 2 Speaking uh, rudely gets you put in jail by the way? It was
0: and 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 who was I talking with? Oh my gosh, who was I talking with? I was talking with somebody funny who said to me, "Had he only said, had he only said let's see if, what he've said" Lepide's gonna come into office yeah my and, and and make and make order out of the situation yeah. would he have faced no one, one day jail? jail exactly interesting <laughs> who told me that I, I, that's a good one i was i was at a big uh, gathering yesterday of uh, smart nationalist uh, right-wing thinkers so somebody's funny like that told me that yesterday i just can't place it right now i'll get to that in a second anyway there was another incident this one a little bit more aggressive, yep. where this uh, uh, this uh, uh, provocateur, yep. provoking yes. provocations, was was in Hebron bothering another Givati soldier. It might have been in a similar incident, but anyway, he was. They tried to uh, hold him or arrest him, and he like escaped arrest. He like he like he like like got out of the hold, right. and so the soldier grabbed him, knocked him down, and gave him a big. St- punch right to the head side of the head this one was a little bit more uh, active um but again the counterclaim is why is the police and etc allowing these provocateurs to come into town and bother our soldiers now i told i I was speaking to some political class people here in israel i was saying to them if this was america and you tried to resist arrest
1: Right, no one would have a lot of questions. Holy moly! Well, no, that's not exactly true. Even in America, there there's a lot more. um, The word is bicoret. There's a lot more uh, critical eye placed on on uh, policing.
0: You try to escape arrest.
1: Yeah, I try to escape arrest. Right. Tased. Yeah, your face will be, you'll be eating dirt. <laughs> you'll be
0: eating dirt and your body will be convulsing in a, when, when 10,000 volts go through, okay? Forget about it. Like, like, what a joke. These, and again, we have our, now, now, I'm not justifying or excusing the act and I'm not sure what the situation was to justify or excuse it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condemning it either. Okay. You know what I mean? People came to provoke our soldiers to fight with them and, and, and a uh, scuffle ensued. That's what, what are our soldiers at the end they are a force of defense and i'm going to say something that people don't like to hear people like to talk about moral army but i'm going to say something different you know what an army is it's organized use of force it is a machine of of controlled violence that's what it is it's a machine that answers violence with superior violence that's what it's that's what it is that's what they're taught that's what they're armed for that's why they're wearing knee braces and a vest and have a gun and have a helmet because they're there to engage violence and to return violence with superior violence that's the that's the basic that's what it is it's a it's a it's a muscle of of pushing back on bad guys so okay you know what I mean? What do you think soldiers are going to do when you push them to the edge what do you think they're going to be like 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 well-mannered you know british police officers bubbies whatever they're called over there anyway so so that's what happens. Bubbies about- or grandmothers? You oh.
1: confused me for a second.
0: Bubbies? Like bubbies? No, not bubbies. Like a
1: whole bunch of grandmas? Grandmas, you don't
0: want that. You don't want I that. I think you
1: meant bobbies.
0: No, bobbies. I'm sorry, but I don't know what it a-
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> not bubbies.
0: <laughs> it's a very fine accent point. I was trying to make a British accent on Bobby. I'm like, a lot of bubbies. <laughs> not a lot of bubbies.
1: No, that's not what he you means. You know what?
0: You know what? You, you give some of those clubs to some of those Bubbies?
1: Yeah, they'll go down. You, you will, <laughs> they'll, they will go go down to Chinatown to on you. That's yes, right.
0: They'll take care of business. All right. So that's that was issue. That was another issue. Oh God, what else?
1: Should we talk about? Should we talk about our uh, our Shabbat that we had this week?
0: Well, this last Shabbat we had yeah. we had that Thanksgiving Shabbat, yes. and I promised our listeners that anybody who wanted to uh, donate to our kiddush would get blessings. Yes, Thanksgiving Achieved. blessings. That's right. There was two. Uh, there was Krista, who I said from the get go she was going to get that. She was going to get, you know, part of that th- those those efforts of blessings. And there was my buddy Jack.
1: Yes, yeah, so we we openly and at at lengthy words. Yes, bless them and wish them the very very best of health and happiness and prosperity and every kind of good thing over our Shabbos food. And we got a wonderful package from Chaim
0: at Prohibition Pickle. At Prohibition
1: Pickle um who made a delicious uh array of yum yums for us for for our kiddush, and we had a really good time and of course we made thanksgiving themed foods now this is a big uh machloket a big uh controversy wait wait, wait, wait. i just want before yes. you
0: before you go on to the foods we're going to do it right now yep. i just want to say that jack also asked me to also pray for the united
1: states of america Oh, well, that's nice
0: so i pr- i prayed and blessed the good side of the united yes. states of america the good forces the good angels and the good people uh, and the, the good ideas. Right. Well, um, they're fighting
1: their own good fight over there in the United States. And it, it might not be our fight, uh, but I think that the fight of all good peoples around the world is interconnected. I really feel that way. Um, and, you know, here in Israel, we're really looking, of course, at the fight that's going on in Iran. We're looking at the fight that's going on in China. That's right. And these struggles are something that we can also very much identify with. And we really send like our most heartfelt and uh, as powerful as possible blessings to all those people who are struggling for goodness and decency and a good life and good values and normalcy and freedom, um, or, you know, wherever you are. Do you know what the, what the symbol of the Chinese struggle
0: is? I no. love this. It's a, sometimes people are so brilliant out El- no. there. Their symbol of the struggle is a blank white piece of paper. Just a blank white piece of paper. You are silencing me, and this is what I can say. Interesting. And they're just holding up, they're taking up these pictures of these blank white pieces of paper, and that's like the sign of the protest. Mm. I love it. I mean,
1: they're so brave. You know, here in Israel, we have, you were just talking about our fight about whether it's considered okay or not okay to speak rudely to a provocateur. And, you know, we have our struggles, and here when we deal with terrorism, that's so real. And, you know, our kids were just talking to us about like how they like some fears have been creeping up in them a little bit, like yeah. the intensity of life. I didn't, you know, I did not grow up with that. And you spent a lot of years in America. You should, I'm not sure you grew up with that. It's like that feeling of like being in danger. That's not a feeling that I had as a child. And I just you- want to say that it's it's very, it's very, very real. But at least you have the freedom to talk about it. Right 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 at least you can be like uh K- Kohavi, i like what you said Kohavi, i don't like what you said netanyahu i don't like what you said netanyahu i do like in china they can't do that in iran they can't do that they literally can't express what they think
0: on our very street here there's a house that is being worked on by a lot of arabs yeah And our daughter told me she's like, I have changed my walking route and stuff like that. Right to not walk next to them. Yeah, because I feel like they and right and and they're not
1: like the guard is not such a fantastic guard. Yeah,
0: and there's like just just, they they're just giving off an energy of like right bad energy bad energy and then and then and not all Arab I'm not accusing all Arabs of that but I'm saying you know specifically here like there's definitely like a discomfort especially with these attacks Um, in Iran four people are now sentenced to die because they're supposedly quote unquote Israeli spies. I have no idea if that's true or not, uh, but but the Iranian regime and the Chinese regime are cracking down on the people. I a little bit wish that Israelis would go to march to protest for them. Right. Like I, I a little bit in my heart feel like I sometimes feel like we're liberal where you don't need to be liberal, and we're not liberal where you need to be liberal. It's like where's our where's our uh, identification with. With 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 these global struggles, like in my heart, I'm a lot of times like I was in I was in uh, J C. Penny, yes. uh, in 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 Florida. Where's this and, going? Yeah, and there was this lady who was helping me. Her name was Ashrat, and I said to her, "That's like our Hebrew Ashrat." She's like, "Yes, it is like it." And she's she was a Persian Iranian non Jew. Yeah, since she was living in in South Florida, she was partially Jewish, in just her just by just by being osmosis. there
1: osmosis. Yeah,
0: but but she was Jewish. In the sense that she is a classic Iranian who feels a kinship to Israel and She's to not
1: Jewish. She's like an ancient peoples. Ancient
0: peoples. Ira- Persian, Iranian people who are normally pro-Israel. And she started telling me all about the protests that they're fighting and all about the- And I'm thinking to myself, like, sheesh, like, why, why we don't hear more about that? And I And then I think about the press that wants to fight all day long with Israel's development. And I'm thinking, there are people that are- freaking being so, killed should, wait a minute yeah. there are people who are being killed on the streets of iran on yeah, tehran yeah. and and in china and they're standing up to this oppression and i just feel like we don't we're just like so here's com- what i'm saying let's La-di-da. make a
1: let's make a commitment Bleenetter. netter but let's make a commitment you and me to at least be posting like once a week or maybe one more than that but let's be let's be committed to like posting something on our social media about these things let's do it Okay. I like that. I like we don't, that. It, not everything has to be about what's going on inside, internally no. here in Israel. No, but it, but it has everything to do with
0: it. It has everything to do with oppressive forces. I'm going to go left on this whole thing. It has something, what, what is that called when all things are tied into one another? What's the. Uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Inter- in- intersectionality. Intersectionality, that's right. Yeah, we got our own intersectionality. Here's my intersectionality nationalist peoples. People who believe in the right of self-determination of ancient peoples on their ancestral homelands stand together. People who believe in anti-jihadism stand together. People who believe in family values stand together. People who believe there's a God in this world stand together. People who want to push back on oppression and cruelty in these giant countries with these minorities choking people, keeping them down. We stand together. Yes, there's intersectionality between us, anti jihadists here in Israel, and anti the CCCP, and anti the, the Mullah regime in Iran. Yes, there is an intersectionality. It is our business, especially the Iran one for sure. The Iran one for sure. That one, and, and the China one also has a lot to do with us. Because <clears throat> they put, by the way, you know another group of people? There's one more that bothers me endlessly. You know what bothers me? Taiwan. I'm like, why is Israel not standing more? That with one's going to be tough. That's why. Right, right. And that was very I, tough. I asked a smart dude yesterday. I said, why isn't Israel standing more with Taiwan? We got the same situation. So what happened? The, the, earlier this week, I was, I was walking in the, next to the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs, and there was a group from the Abraham hostel, and all kinds of people are there, and 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 they they asked me to speak to them for a few minutes. I spoke to them. Of so nice. there was a tall Chinese American. American, Chinese, what's the right way to say it? I don't know. Uh,
1: Chinese American. Chinese
0: American. And she was from New Jersey, familiar for me. And, and she, started, she started asking me tough, you know, not tough for me, but like regular, you know.
1: You know uh, like the hard-hitting questions.
0: About, about, about our rights in this land. I said to her, Israel is like Taiwan. Do you think that maybe Taiwan should cut half of its island and give it to the CCCP to, uh, to make peace? Do you think that that's going to, you know, calm everybody down? Do You, you know, do, do, I said that to she was like, oh my, she she just like totally stopped in her tracks. I'm like, we're a tiny island defending our rights against a huge uh, 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 conquest religion slash slash ethnic majority that wants to crush this ethnic minority's independence. She was just like, she was, she was just, she totally like understood it completely better. I could see, I could see that she was a Chinese American whose parents were like, anti-communist china and you know always for the fighting for it suddenly i put it in a completely different context for her but i don't know why israel doesn't doesn't stand up more for ta- i mean and the answer is there are billions of dollars or yen of investments I- here in uh, um in in israel from from the chinese government excuse me yuan yuan yen yuan Easy to get confused. In any case, uh, Malka, by the way, uh, how many, uh, one Chinese yuan equals half of an Israeli shekel? Did you know that? I do not. I didn't know that either. Just look that up right now. In any case, um, all right, Malka, so those uh, those are some of the uh, issues there. You started talking, I cut you off, you started talking about uh, the, the Thanksgiving foods.
1: Well, we talked about more important things than my Thanksgiving foods. Well,
0: Malka, you know, some listeners want to hear about it. I think I just want
1: to talk about it because it was so good. Go ahead. And I'm a little bit mad now that all those foods are gone. I worked really hard. I had a whole plan. And some people think that it's wrong for, um, for Jews or for, especially for Israeli Jews to be making a Thanksgiving because they consider that a very like a Westernization that it's um, that it's, you know, taking on like an American holiday and you and I even have a disagreement, Ishai, as to what we're actually doing on Shabbat Thanksgiving. First of all, we, we don't, we're not really celebrating Thanksgiving. And secondly, we're certainly not doing it on Thanksgiving. We just, for me, I'm talking about myself now. I like Thanksgiving foods. I feel like I want to eat them. And I don't want to miss out on the most delicious meal of the year. And I can make it kosher. So that is what I am doing on Shabbat Thanksgiving. And we do go around and talk about what we're thankful for. You, on the other hand, feel that you are actually taking the American holiday of Thanksgiving and bringing it into your Shabbos.
0: I think that it is nice uh, to sometimes uh, at at uh, at these opportunities to discuss where you came from. And I myself, being an immigrant to the United States when I was younger, uh, when I was a kid, uh, recognized the things that that country gave to me as uh, as I grew up to be more Jewish, to be more worldly, to think about a better uh, a system of governance, and I still think to this very day that uh, that the United States, some of the American ideas, can be implemented here and done better. And in general, uh, the very language that we're speaking in right now. Yes. And many of the thoughts inside of our heads come from that general culture. And I happen to be a kind of person who is related to Rabbi Yehuda Ben Tema, who sees the good in the Roman Empire. And there are colleagues of mine who or more are- more Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. More, more Shimon bar in that sense. But I myself am more the kind that sees the-
1: You're a little bit of both. I don't I, know. I, have, I think on this one. Okay. I you have. Might be I'm saying specifically like, about
0: this issue of seeing the good, right? The value because of
1: the I, we we spend a lot of time on Rebbe Shimon type discussions, and the reality is that in terms of Israel's future, we know with absolute certainty that one of the most important things that Israel has to do is separate itself from foreign influence and become a country which stands on its own and which does not need uh, even even uh, friendly allies or favorable empires to uh to direct us or to guide us. We need to be making our decisions and become a leader on our own, become our own empire. Um and I know that you feel that way.
0: Absolutely. And and I think that's well said. I think actually when you like and respect this other thing, then you could be like, I, I like and respect and I take the best of you. And it's it's because I want I can be allied with you from a place of Strength, right? A place of strength, and not a place of being a puppet. And that's 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 actually comes from that. It's when you are not confident in your identity, when you need. Somebody said to me once, "Israelis, we Israelis need a big embrace from a power." And I said to him, and he means like it could be you know it could be a Soviet Union that was at the beginning of the state, or it could be the United States, or France, or whatever it was, a Britain at, at, at different periods. I said to me, yeah, we have a power that wants to give us a big embrace.
1: That's a sham. Yeah,
0: you just got to embrace that power. That's all. You got to embrace it. You got to embrace the big power. Embr- that's good. I, th- I hope to call the name of the show that. Embrace the
1: big power. Not oh, nice.
0: Uh, Maka, speaking of foods. Wait, uh, but we
1: didn't even say what I made. Go on now. I made pumpkin pie. Yes, you it did. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I made sweet potato pie. I made pecan pie, <laughs> which was my favorite. Apple pie. Leia really made that one. I made stuffing that was actually really good. I made it from scratch out of bread. I made mashed potatoes, which I liked. I made sangria,
0: which was excellent. Thank you, Malca Sangria. If you ever want a party, <laughs> forget it. Nothing like Malca Sangria, and there's nothing like Malca on Sangria. But we shouldn't talk about yeah, we it don't too have to talk but about But that. definitely Malca gets very happy. I enjoy the sangria, and and I don't, and, I, don't
1: I don't, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. But I do like that sangria. A little
0: sangria. I think it should come out more often. Personally, the sangria. Well,
1: perm is coming. That's right. Kind of.
0: Hanukkah's coming.
1: Hanukkah's coming.
0: Hanukkah's coming. Is there There's a sangria? Another Hanukkah?
1: sangria. It's more latkes, but that's the problem. You don't. You're not like. I don't want people to come down on you hard, but like you're not a big latke lover. There's a few
0: Jewish foods that I can't eat. Latkes are one of them. I don't. I, I know. So I just heard. Bad. I heard a collective global like a
1: Krechts. Of a global like,
0: gl- like around the world. People
1: unsubscribed right now. <laughs> It's because it's like, it's too much oil for it's my so, liver. Just, I can't do it. You transfer that hatred over to me and I will say I love latkes. I never
0: said hatred.
1: But I like it with the sour cream. Yeah.
0: I just, I need like non-oily Latkas. <laughs> but you
1: like, you like Suvganio? Oh yeah, too much. Those are pretty oily. I can't explain Canopy it. Explained. Something I think maybe it's the potato Something to do with the oil. potato
0: the oil is too much for me. I also, I also, I also re- reject my own people's, the Russian people's uh, beloved, um,
1: Salty fish. Salty fish. Which yeah, I we had remember. Russian, uh, like, very uh, honored Russian guests at our home. Recently. Family friends. And my mother-in-law, your mom, gave me, like, money to make it good, right? To make the, like, the food extra special. So I went out and I bought, like, five or six kinds of salty fish. Something I never buy because you don't eat it. And I, like, displayed it out on the table so nice. And I, like, laid it out in little circles and, and stuff. And I just saw your face, you're just like, mm, what am I gonna eat?
0: Yeah, and it got taken down. It got taken
1: down now. They take it down. They loved it.
0: Oh my gosh. With okay. some pickles. Malka, uh the 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 last issue that I want to talk about food is that this Shabbat coming up, and I know you're not feeling a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I feel all right. It's just well, not a hundred percent.
0: This show has brought out your bubbliness, Malka. You. you are just Yeah, I'll
1: just collapse after
0: they don't call you Sangria Malka for nothing. Do they? Anyway, I wanna say that this Shabbat coming up is the Shabbat Vayetze. And Shabbat Vayetze has one of the most iconic, iconoclastic, and um, visual of all. I don't
1: think iconoclastic is a word that Jews use. Whatever. I think that iconoclast is like some kind of a not Jewish. They don't, Jews don't even think think like it. the word iconic because no, no. Of
0: the word icon. But we know what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is an image. An image seared into the mind, an image that 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 lives um, and should live more, in my opinion, in the hearts of Jews and all Bible lovers, and that is and all lovers of God, and that is Jacob's dream of the ladder between heaven and earth. Right. And I I now I now ask you, dear Malka, yep. to make a challah. Oh gosh, that is ladder-shaped. Thanks for shaped, asking
1: me to make the one thing that's like the hardest.
0: Or. A maybe cake? i'll just
1: like a little pretzel maybe i'll just arrange some pretzels in a ladder shape
0: whatever okay maybe i'll
1: make challah uh, i love maca
0: whatever you want to make is right. fine i'm just saying no maybe okay saying,
1: challenge accepted blinader
0: you know a little there's got to be a little there's got to be a ladder i'm just in scared
1: people i'm scared i'm not a good challah maker
0: there is nothing deeper like this is everybody's homework and i remember that a few years ago i asked you all to send me Pictures of like a vision of a ladder that you have a dream of a ladder. I a guess ladder a lot of
1: people don't have that. No, everybody sent to me. I had like five, six, seven, eight. Oh, 12, nice. like, like,
0: People kept sending me stuff. I had beautiful, beautiful pictures of ladder food and ladder things and the ladder between celery heaven sticks. And earth. What, see, Maka, you're, you're already thinking. That's wonderful. Okay, I'm saying the ladder between heaven and earth. Uh, uh, its feet planted on the earth, and its its head in the heavens. This is the sign of every God-fearing person, where we have, where we tr- keep our feet on the ground, but our thoughts up in the heavens, and angels uh, of God going up, up from the earth and down from the heavens, and that interconnection between heaven and earth. That's like that's a, that's a vision of of it all. That's the vision of it all because that's really what we're doing here. We're establishing the connection. We're establishing the connection. That's 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 our job. We're technicians. <laughs> we're, we're 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 basically uh, fiber optic technicians. We're trying to establish the technician the, the connection between heaven and earth, and that's that's what it's about. We're like
1: internet providers. The, we're,
0: yeah. Now, before the internet, it was more like biological kind of uh, you know I you know vi- visuals you know like uh, well the the kabbalists saw Beit El as being the belly button uh, where it was there was a uh, umbilical cord between heaven and earth. Oh, uh, nice. But today, I think we can look at it more in terms of packets. <laughs> and in terms of you know uh, you know digital information, so I'm saying I'm saying that uh, it's a very iconic moment. I wanna I want you guys to share with me your ladder. So write me an email, send me your ladder, yishai uh, and also uh, and also uh, send me you know a picture of a food or a way that you've made the ladder part of your life. I remember Malka years ago we lived in Beit El, and uh, we once were at a, some store. And I saw that the Judaica store. and I saw that they were selling a Yad, i.e., a Torah reading finger-hand thing that stick. you hold a stick, yeah. and it was shaped in a ladder. And I remember oh, I cool. bought two of them, right. and we and we and we,
1: uh, we brought them, them a, back to Beitel.
0: Beitel, yeah, I remember that. Uh, maybe it's you have a necklace with a ladder.
1: Nope, that's, a y- necklace with a ladder. Yeah, like
0: yeah, look, like a little ladder I, thing,
1: little. Uh, no, I don't.
0: I don't know. Okay, but, you know we need the ladder in our life. That's what okay. I'm saying. We need. Okay, the ladder.
1: I'm gonna try for the challah.
0: Also, of course, known as the stairway to heaven.
1: Yeah, I just made that up. Stairway to heaven. Is if that cool? you play Led Zeppelin, making your food for Shabbos, yeah. does that count?
0: Um, if you go to the store and and you're like and you're checking out and you're getting ready for Shabbos and you're like and
1: she's buying a stairway to heaven. You have to sing it at the people. Yeah. But you have to take a video of it. Yeah, you have to take a video, us. and
0: it'll become viral. <laughs> um, all right. So okay. So that we talked about these issues. Very good, Malka. So Shabbat Shalom. Very exciting. Uh, speaking of 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 China, I want to I want to do a shout out to my main man, Increase. Okay, uh, my 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 little brother, uh, living out in Spain right now, uh, but he just uh, sent me a beautiful picture of him. Uh, with, this, uh, with this, this poster that he made that has Israel and China. Uh, he, was, uh, he comes from a Chinese background, partially, and he's got his, uh, his future home and his connection to Israel. Uh, and he sent me beautiful pictures. So my main man increase, I want to say God bless you and keep up the, keep up the growing up awesomeness uh, and send me more pictures because they inspire. And may we see a, a, a healthier China and a stronger Israel uh, in the future. And uh, your, your good wishes and thoughts make all the difference. Uh, speaking of young people, Malka, um, Hanukkah is coming. Yes. Hanukkah is coming, and so it's time to get ready for Hanukkah. Uh, and I'm sure that there's some great menu options at uh, prohibitionpickle.co.il. Yes.
1: Ooh, I wonder what he's going to cook up over there.
0: I think he's going to have a special menu for Hanukkah, so get ready for that. Uh, and in fact, somebody wrote to me. So I got an email. Uh, From Jamie Who says hello from Washington State I listen to your podcast religiously I think he means that uh, Uh both ways And I I enjoy it very much I have not reached out to you before Although I did talk to you on the phone uh, When you called to talk about the Hebron Fund And my donations there Nice. That's right I love the land and the people of Israel As much as possible from my distant location I believe I'm part of the International Torah Congregation That's awesome and I enjoy hearing your conversations with the one and only Malka. I added the one and only. Uh, <laughs> your perspective on current events in Israel politics, your interviews, and Torah from the land of Israel. I'm a Gentile believer in the Christian faith, and I keep all my uh, applicable Torah commandments the best way I can. I guess you could say I'm a follower of the way, as I believe early Christians would have been in the first century. Uh, my family and fellowship, follow, that means my group, Ah, uh, fo- that's 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 a, that's a special talk. Like community, community, as well as spiritual exactly. community. I love I love that word fellowship. Love that word. My family and fellowship follow the Jewish calendar and celebrate the feasts as best we can from where we are. I would love to be able to live in Israel someday, but I suspect that is not an option for me as a non-Jew. Perhaps you could let me know if I'm wrong. Well, the answer to that is. You know, maybe maybe not to be necessarily a resident, but you could come.
1: I mean, I'm not advocating for this way of living necessarily, but I will say that there's also there are people who come to Israel who are not Jews and who set up. Uh, I don't think they set up residency, but they come as uh, they come and work.
0: The simplest, the simplest thing of them the most comfort vacation for two, three weeks right. for a month or two. It's great. It's, it's the way to do it. Uh, and and first thing I want to I want to just say before we even go on I want to say thank you so much for this wonderful email Jamie and thank you for yearning to follow God more nearly uh, and and I think that that's beautiful and and thank you for letting me be part or let me and Malka and and the rest of us be part of of your life um, and it's so moving to me and it's amazing to me how people from faraway places who really don't need to be part of Israel at all are moved by the story of Israel, by by, by and by the like the, the calendar thing touches my heart, just to live by the calendar. And I hope, Jamie, that this Shabbat you will be reading the Torah portion of Vayetzeh, about Jacob's uh, sojourning and leaving of the land of Israel to go to Haran, uh, but in the meantime, first to be with his head on the Temple Mount uh, and to see that great ladder uh, between heaven and earth. Uh, and I hope that you eat something or have something in your life that's going to be uh, a look like the ladder, remind us of that ladder. Uh, and thank you for that. But Jamie does not finish Malka. He also says, I would like to send you and your family a gift from Prohibition Pickle. Aww. I know I can order via their website. How can I make sure it's delivered to you? Just write Eshai. Believe me, Chaim knows exactly. Just go deliver it to Eshai Fleischer and it'll be immediately there. That's very nice of That's you. That's very, very nice of you. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. And of course, of course, uh, uh, on the, uh, the the other side of the deal is of course blessings on Shabbat, on the That's Holy right. Shabbat for for friends uh, throughout the world uh, who are part of that blessings to you and your family and i incidentally, pray incidentally
1: the- people out there listening will be happy to bless you at our shabbat table anyway Just without y- without oh you send me without th- a kiddush
0: no 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 you send us your name no no, no, no you got to invest you got to invest what do you mean you got to send me a picture of yourself in your house, with either the flag of Israel, okay, with a picture of yourself, uh, with a picture of 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 something of Israel in your in your life, with 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 your favorite verse, you got to send me something.
1: Okay, fine. You want a blessing? For yeah, but me? I'm saying it doesn't have to be a thing where you open your wallet.
0: Absolutely not. Although
1: that's very kind, and when people send us kiddush, it's fun.
0: But you got to invest your time. I want to see your life. I want to see your dog wearing a State of Israel sweater. I want to (laughs) see, I want to see, you send me, I want you to hear your favorite verse. I want to hear something. I want to see you with a wine bottle from the land of Israel at your table. Okay, if you're living in Washington State, I want to see you with a Chevron wine on your table. All right, something like that. That's the that's the only thing I ask for. I that's the only thing I want. You send me your your because I'll know then that you are out there, you know, spreading that light, and that you need you need to get sent that blessings, and you and you and you and you're reverting it back to me. All right, that's that's the simple investment I ask for. I make this show. You write me a little email with a picture. That's all I say. That's it. All right. Uh, Let me just finish that email up. Uh, And I say blessings to you and your family And I pray for the peace of Jerusalem And all of Israel daily Thank you I I know those prayers Are especially needed these days I look forward to hearing from you soon Hearing from you soon Thanks Jamie God bless you Jamie It's
1: so nice It's so nice to hear from you
0: And God bless all of our friends At the International Torah Community And I want to thank also The Land of Israel Network That does such a great job uh, And especially Ari and Jeremy With their great fellowship and Tahila and all those folks that do a great job of, of pushing out, uh, and Shayna who push out such a great job of uh, of making the the uh, fellowship program. Uh, and I also want to thank our other sponsors. As I said, the Hebron Fund right now is having uh, a, uh, a a cause match campaign. Yes. Uh, where everything is matched. So please go to hebronfund.org. But before you just give there, look for my like team because there's the Yishai team. What okay? happens? Do
1: you get like a a free coffee or something if you win. No,
0: I get nothing, but, 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 but we you have get a, clout. I get clout. That's, in it, exactly. The office. that's exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's all we get out there, but that's something. Uh, you know, you got, you got to, uh, you know, uh, I also want to dedicate this show to uh, the, uh, my good friend Yehuda Cohen, right, uh, whose mother passed away. Uh, and uh, there's a great, he did a great writing on Instagram uh, about his mom. So Rabbi Yehuda Cohen, uh, uh, his, his mom, Left this world for a better place, and we Chaya David. Chaya Bat David, we want to wish her um, uh, her neshama on a continued aliyah, and, and blessings to you, and uh, blessings to you, our good friend Yehuda Cohen. Uh, we also want to talk about our good friends at Retro Watch Guy. I am already sporting my awesome Tissot. Yes, you and love I, it. I do love it, and I even made a special hanging place for it in my room because I wear it on Shabbat. I have my weekday watch, but now I have my Shabbat watch, and I like that a lot. Uh, and you could go to Retro Watch Guy, and I love also their awesome, um, awesome Instagram page. And right now, on their Instagram page, they have some really cool stuff, especially this Neptune by Baylor super compressor dive red- uh, uh, ready to stuff a stocking. What does that mean? <laughs> You know, listen, uh, the, they got the holiday season out there. I I personally prefer to wear stockings and not like hang them do up. You? But
1: <laughs> do you? Do <laughs> you?
0: Well, I have those wool socks that I like. Yeah. Yeah, I have those wool socks. But in any case, this is a beautiful watch. Look at it, Malka. Look at this. Look at this. That's cool. That is cool. That's Shiny. Cool. That's cool. And they've got, what else do you like, Malka? Do you like this one? Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to find one that you like. I'm going to find one that you like. I'm going to find one that you like. Here is a beautiful... Hewer Hewer Carrera. Look at this beautiful. Do you like this one? What that colors is that? That looks like
1: a... What colors it's is kind that? kind of like a goldy... Like a gold. Goldy, bronzy with a nice leather strap.
0: I got to find one that you like. But in any case, Malka, uh, I want to wish everybody an opportunity to go to a Retro Watch Guy. And it's really fun to... Uh,
1: right, he has so many options and they look like really uh, not just quality items, but also uh, things which... Um, are, at, are in very good condition.
0: That's right. And if you just put in coupon code Yishai, bang. Bang. 10% off right there. 10% off. Oh, and if you put on Prohibition Pickle coupon code Yishai, you get 7% off. Okay, so don't forget to... Wow. You know, yeah, that's right. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. lot of money. That's a lot of money over there. Uh, and so we have the Hebron Fund. We have Retro Watch Guy. We have Prohibition Pickle. And we have, of course, the Israel Bible. The Israel Bible is a way to have a great, beautiful Bible in your house. Uh, that has Hebrew, English, has beautiful pages, beautiful fonts, a beautiful uh, 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 translation, beautiful transliteration, and beautiful commentary specifically about the land of Israel edited by my friend Rabbi Tully Weiss. You can have one in your house. It's got a great cover too. Whenever I go into like a Knesset office and I see that Bible, that specific Bible, it's made by the Koran Company. Do you see it a lot in the Knesset? I see it. I see it in a few places and I'm like, bang, look at that. That's nice. And of course, if you... Type in coupon code Yishai Bang. once again. You know about that. Uh, so ten percent off God's Hollywood. It's just that simple and awesome. Uh, finally, I want to thank the good friends in the press today. Uh, I didn't. I wanted to talk about how bad the press is, and I have a whole thing we to can, talk about. I'm sure, that. we'll
1: be able to bring that up again.
0: Yeah, there'll be there'll be more opportunities. But there's a lot of evil, evil, evil lies. A world, an upside down world of lies in the press out there. And to counteract that, there's a few good good press options. There's Israel National News, Arutz Sheva, for me, practically indispensable. There's JNS.org, which we're partnered with. They do great stuff. There's Israel 365 for a more biblical perspective of the news. And uh, there's also uh, JewishPress.com that puts out our show every single week. Uh, So check out these news sites. JewishPress.com does a great job of putting an email into your inbox with all the news that that, that, that's, that you need to know, and they do a great job. By the way, completely not a sponsor of the show by any measure, but I found that the Daily Wire has got a newscast, a once-a-week newscast, like the morning news with Daily Wire. I find it to be excellent uh, and really gives me a, a perspective on what's going on. So there's really so important to support good media because the bad media is supported by the worst people and they're out there brainwashing our youth and trying to erase the truth, I'm telling you, I myself deal with it all the time. So support good media because it makes all the difference. And it's not the easiest. Oh, by the way, last week's word. I got a lot of emails. People were like, "You're stuck in a word." That word was ember. Yes, it was ember. Which okay? word would you
1: like to be stuck on this week?
0: Uh, the word of uh, like a like a group of businesses, like a enough, like a uh, uh,
1: alliance. No, like the the, the no, like the, a, all the like airplane a, guys. What's it yeah. called? The five star alliance.
0: No, not an alliance. Like 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 the automobile business what's it called the the, uh, the
1: union no
0: Malka no not a you I'm not talking about like an alliance of people I'm saying a word that says that whole that whole industry industry that's the word I was looking for thank you so the industry yes. of press is is a very is a tough one so supporting it is very very important all right folks uh, we've uh we've been here for quite a bit together Malka, I want to thank you very much for bearing with me and also <laughs> Uh, for being on the show today, yes, uh, I can't wait to have that ladder yum yums that you can. Okay, you're gonna
1: I'm going to make emir the, the ladder challah.
0: That sounds really good. Okay, if
1: any of you have a good challah recipe that doesn't involve a mixer or. Like weird things like bread gluten or like fancy things like that I would love a good challah recipe
0: Alright, well, that's uh, that's easy to get to you Malka, if people write me an email Yisha at uh, I want to also recommend that you check out uh, BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Yisha, a great way to support the show, and of course if you want to support our projects, beautification and other projects in the land of Israel, uh, check out com with all of our shows uh, send that to friends, that way they can connect uh, and a uh, great donate page as well. That's it. I want to thank you, Maka. God bless you, folks. More great stuff is in the way. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Shalom. And shalom.
1: Ishai needs coffee. Please help support the show by buying Ishai coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ishai. Thank you and Lehaim. Don't worry, the Ishai Fleischer show will be right back, so stay tuned.
0: All right, folks. You are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Great to be back with you, and I have a very special segment to play. Um, last week, I mean, I guess two weeks ago, I recorded a segment uh, with uh, the famous, renowned uh, podcast and show called Behind the Bema with Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg and Rabbi Josh Brody, and it was a great pleasure. And we talked about all the stuff uh, that's important about Chai Sara, uh, about Chevron. Uh, about Itamar Ben-Gvir, and about my understanding uh, of issues pertaining to American Jewish aliyah, immigration to Israel, and how basically the American Jewish connection to Israel and to Israelis and how we should relate to one another. And so it was really, really fun. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from their show. Uh, But I wanted to put up a a little bit of a shortened version uh, of that discussion for folks that that don't know that show, which I do recommend you check out. Uh, That's called Behind the Bema. The Bema is the prayer desk, a prayer table that sits at the center or in the front of Jewish synagogues. And Behind the Bema means from from the rabbi's perspective. Uh, So check that out. Check out their podcast. It's really great. Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg uh, is the uh, head rabbi of um, the famous... BRS Boca Raton Synagogue, uh, and uh, happens to also be uh, a former classmate of mine, or a schoolmate of mine, more correctly, uh, and, and a real uh, strong leader of American Jewry. Uh, so check out the Behind the Bema podcast. But uh, today, here's my discussion with Rabbi Goldberg uh, and Rabbi Brody about, uh, about all the issues that I talked about, and I'd love to hear your feedback, so write me an email, yishai, isha and let's go Behind the Bema.
2: We are honored and privileged to be joined by an old friend of mine, not old of his age, but old how far back we go, Yishai Fleischer, the spokesperson for the Jewish community of Hebron, advocate for Aliyah, a fighter at the front lines for the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Yishai, thanks for going behind the bima together with us. What an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Wow. So Yishai, there's so much to talk about. We want to hear about, uh, we just came off of Shabbos Chayei Sarah, this Parsha, of course, the Parsha. In which the torah testifies that this land is ours avram purchased it he overpaid for it because it was so uh, valuable i want to hear about how many people there and what it was like i want to talk about your childhood and your upbringing where we overlapped and how you ended up doing what you're doing but let's go right to the following question on a lot of people's minds how many jews live in hevron today uh we have almost 100 families uh, let's call it with together
0: with the yeshiva which has 300 students, we like to say that we have about a thousand people living in Hebron. It's a little less than that. A thousand Jews live in Hebron, but we also have our sister community of Kiryat Arba, which has about 9,000 people. So we're a block of 10,000 Jews in Kiryat Arba, Hebron, and Hebron proper, uh, the the Arab city of Hebron numbers about 200,000 Arabs. So it's about 200,000 Arabs and 10,000 Jews.
2: That's the opening question. 10,000 Jews. A 1,000 in Hebron surrounded by 200,000. And I'd love to hear more from you and learn more from you about this in terms of the relations and, and um, how many really don't want us there or are okay with having us there. I'm not asking because I believe this. You know me well enough and my audience knows me well enough to know this. I'm asking because this is what we sometimes hear. Yishai, why are we spending the money we're spending? Why are we risking the lives we're risking? The army, the police, security, um, security paraphernalia, military. Why are we doing all that for a 1,000 Jews in Chevron? Okay, maybe right. 9,000. I don't know what the critical number is. Maybe Kiryat Arba hits it. Maybe in combination they hit it. But it, why is Chevron so important? Why are, why are we spending all of this and risking all of that? And in fact, losing lives. <laughs> Tragically, we've lost people in Chevron. Is it responsible for someone to live there with their family? What makes it worth it?
0: Okay, so I think there's uh, at least three very solid answers to that question. The first one is is that if you sit on the beach in Tel Aviv, uh, and you're drinking a beer and just lay back in that beach chair, every 30 minutes, a helicopter gunship will just fly right in front of you. Da, 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 da. The same thing is true in the Jordan Valley. Same thing is true in lot. Same thing is true in the Golan Heights. Same thing is true in the Galil. In other words, uh, our country is militarized. We are a defended post-Holocaust country, and we're an armed minority in our region. Uh, and therefore, we live wherever we live with, uh, surrounded by, by by our army and police to make sure that we're safe. And the same thing as uh, every mall that you go into Israel. When I come to America and I go into a mall and I just walk in without somebody checking my stuff or my li- my gun license or my bag, I'm like, hey, where's the where's the guard? You know, uh, we live in a in a defended, militarized society uh, because again, we're post-Holocaust, and we live in a place that has hostility towards us uh, and has had many wars uh, with an effort to annihilate us. Uh, that we've been through and terrorism etc Chevron happens to be a tad more militarized a tad more uh defended uh but that's just because there's a small amount of jews there we were kicked out uh we were destroyed basically in 1929 the most ancient of all jewish communities was destroyed in the 1929 riots when 67 jews were murdered and the british that were in charge basically kicked us out and we only came back in 1967 now our after the six-day war now our country is a tad ambivalent about uh the right of jews to to, to settle the chevron or the importance of it so there the country has been a little bit like wishy-washy a little ambivalent uh but the jews that have historical consciousness know that chevron is key to the assertion of our historical and religious rights if we if we abdicate that uh, historic right of Jews to live in Hebron, we basically undermine one of the pillars of Zionism, which is our historical connection to the land, and then we will undermine our connection to Tel Aviv or any other seemingly safe place, but we've all discussed that gunships defend uh, uh, Tel Aviv as well. Uh, And lastly, I'll say to you that uh, the thousand Jews that live in Hebron are not just a thousand, thousand Jews. In truth, we have about a million visitors a year we keep that place open for about a million visitors mostly jewish but also christian and muslim visitors um people around the world know the importance of hebron people who have historical and and, and Tanakh, biblical consciousness uh know the importance of the place and we have there the founding site uh, of abraham's first purchase in the land of israel and the burial of our fathers and mothers. Ah, uh, the tomb, the burial tomb of our of, of the founders of our peoplehood, and so we cannot leave it. We cannot abdicate it. We need to hold on to it for all those things. Lastly, if we gave up Hebron, it would do. It would become just what happened in Gaza, which it it would become Hamas land. It's mostly a Hamas city right now, and if you gave it up, you hmm. basically would allow rockets to enter it, uh, and just on a security principle, you would you would be uh, abdicating the security of Jerusalem, uh, to the jihad. Uh, and allow it to become filled with rockets. So for all those reasons, for you know the fact that, that, that we have a historical connection to it, the fact that everywhere in Israel is security, the fact that uh, the, the foundation of our history and, and our peoplehood is there, and, and that we don't want to give up the security of, the, of Jerusalem uh, by giving up Hebron. For all those reasons, Jews live there. And of course, the million tourists that come a year, every single year.
2: Those are, those are great reasons, for all those reasons you're in. Uh, that's a great, those are great reasons, and, and I find them compelling. I'm curious. A secular soldier who's asked to guard Chevron, who's there at the front line, rocks are being thrown, has to be in an armored vehicle, maybe, God forbid, is going to take a, a, a car ramming or attempted stabbing. Do those reasons suffice for that secular soldier? Do they say, you know what, that makes sense. That's compelling. I'm happy and I'm honored to serve. They have to serve. Otherwise, an army, of course, that disobeys, you've got problems. But does the secular soldier who may not buy the religious Tire connection to the land, may not even subscribe any longer to the Zionist connection to the land. But in terms of the security connection of defending Yerushalayim or in terms of, do, do they buy it? Today's soldiers
0: uh, are people that enter the fighting ranks by choice. You really have many ways to be out of the fighting ranks if you so choose. If you want to be a fighting soldier, then you basically know what you're getting into so we find that soldiers are there with joy they like the interchange with people they like the action some of them and some of them just like the fact that they're instead of just driving around and defend the jeeps they get to be with people with children with with in interchange every single day Uh, throughout their time in hebron we do our best to shower them with love and with lots of barbecues and with lots of you know fleeces and fun stuff and we try to make it that the opportunity of having a s- secular soldier in our midst is an opportunity to educate and to bring him or her uh, in, into the fold. The the experience that most soldiers have, and it's been brought brought out through uh, 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 what's it called? Scoring? What's it called? Uh, when you um, ask ask people what they think, surveys. polls, surveys, yeah, surveys right? Is that um, is that the soldiers do very much enjoy their time in Hebron, but it is also challenging. Uh, some of them actually are despondent, not uh, because of uh, serving in Hebron or because they have to defend this religious site, so-called. Uh, they're actually uh, disappointed when our own army doesn't let them react uh, with the full measure that you know of justice against people who try who embarrass our army, who throw rocks at them. And, you know, they shoot back, you know, rubber bullets and stuff like that. And and sometimes they get like upset that, that we're not giving a stronger response. I have heard soldiers say to me that I have lost some national pride serving in Chevron and being under attack and not being able to to respond. You've seen uh, you them know, change with, their
2: politics, yeah. they've changed their political orientation after serving in Chevron. Um, the, the,
0: the the soldiers see the reality. And therefore, it, it, is, it, is, it is a statistical fact that Israeli soldiers tend to the so-called right in Israel. Uh, again, maybe it's a self-selecting group that wants to be a fighting soldier, and there's plenty of also religious soldiers amongst them. Uh, so it's a self-selecting group, and they tend to be more you know, patriotic and, and strong and fighting type. But certainly, you cannot pull the wool over their eyes. And tell them that the when, when they look at the huge Arab Hebron, 97% of which Jews are not allowed in, and it is one of the richest Arab cities uh, in this region, it's probably the richest c- city from here to Riyadh, uh, and certainly to the Persian Gulf, uh, it's a very wealthy Arab city, and they see how big it is, how lively it is, how vibrant it is, and then they see the left tour people around and say to them look the palestinians are abused because they can't walk in total freedom in this one little jewish ghetto street the soldiers just roll their eyes and are just like come on you know we know the truth so they uh see the truth for what it is uh there are sometimes soldiers that are disappointed in the friction there are more you know gentle souls uh, that are sometimes you know are, are like why is there you know why does there need to be this friction between jews and arabs uh but most really do see the truth which is that 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 the, Jews need to be defended in this place. And if the army wasn't there, basically we would have another pogrom like we did in 1929.
2: We're yeah. thrilled that you're there. I've been there with my family, my daughter. Tamar was just there. Her Hadar 12th grade class was just in Israel for the uh, 12th graders always go. And I know um, Katz uh, Hill of Day School goes to Israel. And, and Hebron, you know, for us, thank God, thank God you enable us to be able to go to Mara HaSamach to be able to still continue to be at one of those, the first holy place for our people. So I was asking to hear you formulate, but of course we are beyond grateful. Rabbi Brody.
3: Yeah, I'm just wondering the other side, you know, you're talking about the secular Israeli that might not understand the significance. What about the Muslim who's religious and they have the same Bible where they're looking inside and they see the story of Avram, they see the story of Sarah you could argue about the temple mount i mean we, we we're not going to argue about it we understand that it's that that that's got that historical significance they could say it's got nothing or there's no traces of a the history there but here you open the Chumash and you see chevron it was purchased what do they do with this story if they really do believe it uh rabbi brody let, let me let me
0: tag correct you the for yeah. for the in in the muslim tradition they don't look at our torah as a valuable text okay. that's in the christian tradition tra- Tradition they're like that's the old testament so-called in the islamic tradition uh, they understand our torah to be somehow warped and the quran is the correct text now in the quran uh abraham <laughs> isaac and jacob were important people but they were great muslim prophets A- and so was uh uh, and, and so was King David. And so were, we're, the, we're the women that are buried at Maratha HaMakhpilat, they were great Muslim prophets. And so that's how they get around that problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's their place as opposed to our place. However, however, it is interesting that the Muslims do not dispute that it's Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah who are buried at Maratha HaMakhpilat, the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. They do not dispute that. And in fact, Christendom, also doesn't dispute that. So basically you have billions of people in this world who all agree, because there are some places that are disputed. For example, uh, the tomb of Rachel, the great historian Yasser Arafat claimed that uh, it is in fact the tomb of Bilal bin Rabbah, which is one of the helpers of Muhammad who never visited Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land. Uh, but, in, but in order to uh, uh, claim that it's their property, not our property in Bethlehem, Ah uh, he he Yasir invented this claim. When it comes to Maratemah Pelah, interestingly enough, nobody ever debates uh, who's buried there. They just debate whose it is. So therefore the 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 way that they do it, uh, the Muslims today, not all the Muslims, but those Muslims who fight us for control, um, are they call it the Ibrahimi mosque, right? Ibrahimi. So, uh, th- therefore, they say it's a mosque; it's their place. Interestingly, they pray today in what was originally built as a Byzantine church, uh, a, a building on top or inside of of the of the Herodian structure uh, in Marat Machpelah. Basically, the structure that we know today was built two thousand years ago by Herod, and about fifteen hundred years ago, the Byzantines built a church atop of that building because it was so massive, and then it was taken over by the Muslims, then it was taken over by the Christians, then taken over by the Muslims, and held that way till today.
2: Tell us what it's like with the Muslim neighbors. There are 1,000 Jews in Hebron, 10,000 if you include Kiryat Arba. It's, a, as you said, a very hostile region, a very hostile neighborhood. I know you need a lot of protection to go visit. If you don't need it, you're given the impression that you need it, and people right. go without it, whether you really need it or not. Um, is there a subtext, a substory that's not told often enough about positive or warm relations? You as a spokesperson or some of the leaders of Chevron, are there friendships? Do you sit down and break pita? Do you sip tea? Um, Are there relationships with leaders that maybe, you know, wouldn't play on TV because, you know, sort of uh, man bites dog is what makes news, not dog bites man. So it's much more to talk about conflict than peace. Is there any hope, any optimism, anything that we should look towards to see as a a positive sign? Uh, First
0: thing is, is that I want to just make sure that people know that You could take the 381 or 383 bus every hour from the central bus station in Jerusalem and come to Maratha Machpelah. That's why we have a million visitors a year. We have recently uh, a whole load of Koreans, uh, Russian Eastern Orthodox folks, uh, certainly Jews from America. And every day, Sephardi grandmas get off the bus and say Tehillim at the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matrix. I'm only saying that to say that, like... uh, we shouldn't be scared of coming there. People are coming every single day. And the narrative of fear uh, is a narrative that's created by our enemies in order to make us afraid to come to these places. Uh, if you are afraid to come to Martha HaMakhpila, you have been terrorized because somebody struck terror into your heart in order to scare you, to keep you away. So we can't let them have that. And I'm just saying it is safe, it is welcoming, and it is open every single day. Uh, with regarding to dealing with, with the Arabs, we have no doubt we have enemies. For example, the mayor of uh, the Palestinian controlled city uh, of Hebron is a guy by the name of Tiasir Abusnena, who in 1980 was part of a uh, group that shot and killed six Jews at, at, uh, uh, next to Beit Hadassa. And today he's the mayor. How do we know it's him? Because he runs on the campaign. Hey, look at me. I did that in 1980. Give me more power. Maybe I could do more good things. That's that's literally the campaign that he runs on. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, we have neighbors like, uh, uh, like Haj Ashraf Jabri, uh, and I made a few videos talking about that, who are uh literally interested in jewish presence in this area think it's historically just believe that israel is a far better sovereign than the corrupt and regressive palestinian authority and uh, one of the stories that i tell and he tells is that um is that when when my daughter leah had her bat mitzvah uh, right before corona uh, my mom was a russian jew uh, said to me, can we have fireworks? Because we like fireworks for a big smachot. And I was like, okay. So I you know, checked with uh, with the local Jewish fireworks people and it was expensive. And the army said no. And everybody said no. And a week before the bat bar, bar mitzvah, my mom's like, what about the fireworks? And suddenly Hashem put a thought in my head. And I was like, wait a minute. Why do not I just turn to the Arabs? My Arab friends who live behind Maratha Machpelah, they're always shooting fireworks and nobody gives a darn. So what's the problem? So I, I called Ashraf Jabri and I said to him, you know, Haj Ashraf, I said to him, uh, can you shoot fireworks for my daughter's bat mitzvah? He's like, you want me to buy you some fireworks? I'm like, no, man, I need you to buy them. I need you to shoot them over the Maratha at a certain time, at a prescribed date, prescribed time. Can you do it? And he said, you honor me by asking me to do such a thing, to be part of your simcha. No permits required. And and, and, That's right, no permits, nobody cared. (laughs) And so at 7 p.m. on that day, which happened to be Yud Aleph Cheshvan, the same day that the Rambam, uh, excuse me, uh, Tet Cheshvan, the same day that the Rambam came and prayed at the tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs in the year 1165, that same very day, we came out of the Maratach, after my daughter, Leah, toured us inside the Marat Machpelah, And exactly at, at, at seven, the sky lit up and it was the most beautiful fireworks. And I was like laughing because it was so fun and beautiful. And everybody's like, Yishai, what a coincidence. There's fireworks at your daughter's bat mitzvah. And I'm like, no, I arranged it. And people are like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and, and in fact, that's what happened. And, and I tell the story and he tells the story as a matter of pride so we do have some interchanges we try to beef up those those relationships it's not easy it's not easy for arabs to be pro-israel because they are under watch all the time and the hamas or the plo will come knocking at the doors and saying to them why are you good to these Yehud or these Mustouten the settlers uh and uh and they are always under fire for any decent relations with us but we try to push it forward and we believe that if the state of israel was less ambivalent and more clear-eyed about our rights and more and more assertive about our rights in Hebron, then more arabs would would come in line and and have good relations with us
2: give us a quick uh, synopsis shabbos chai sarah how many people were there where do they stay and sleep during Corona, was it on break? Was this the first time back since Corona or through Corona, you did it anyway? Give us a little overview of what it's like. For years, we've talked about we got to bring a Chevron Shabbos Chayisar and go to Chevron. That's a time to be there. Give us a little taste of what that's like.
0: I can give you a taste, but I'll tell you honestly, it's very hard to, to pass over what, what transpires. It's about 40,000 Jews that show up in Chevron for a Woodstock-style festival over Shabbos. There's, a, there's just nothing like that in the world. There's just nothing like it. You you just there's tents everywhere. Now it's also caravans, these what do you call them, these mobile uh like homes, these caravans uh, come in and people stay every nook and cranny that they could find, every piece of grass, every place that they could park a tent, and in Kirat Arba. Kirat Arba is completely packed full of folks. Uh, and then Friday night, a massive, unbelievable gathering at the Maratha HaMachpela, at the Tomb of the Patriarchs, the Matriarchs, and then afterwards uh, eating and drinking and singing and the Sephardim do uh, Bakashot and then people give any outshon for free. And the whole thing is like a log bo- it's like log bomber, uh, uh uman. Uh, all rolled up into Shabbos uh, in, in Judean Samaria, in Hebron, you know, with an Arab <laughs> city all around us and a, a wakabar. It's like, it's a crazy thing. The tons of army, tons of folks. Uh, and then the most moving part of it all, I think, is Shabbat morning. And I could tell you, I wasn't there at Vatican. I wasn't there at the early prayer. But 5.15 in the morning, it was totally packed. Now, the tomb of the Machpelah, the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs, is today split in half so that there's a Muslim side and the Jewish side. But 10 days a year, 10 non-sequential days a year, the Arabs have full control of the Marat and 10 non-sequential days a year, we have full control of the Marat HaMakhpila. Shabbat Chayisar is one of those days where we have full control. So therefore, the big Isaac and Rebecca Hall is open, and it was packed full of people praying at 5.15 in the morning. I prayed later, like more like 9.15, but like don't tell anybody. But anyway, uh, the... The most moving part of it all is to read about the purchase of Maratha Machpelah at the place. I mean, it I mean talk about organic. It's like the ground below, the tomb is right before you, the forefathers and mothers, you are the Jew, the children of these people, reading the ancient Torah, looking at the God above, and it's just a total mm-hmm. like organic sensation of like wow, it's this, this is the place. It just it just sends shudders through you. And then to read about how Rivka comes from, from Haran, uh, you know, uh, from, from up there uh, in, in southern Turkey and comes down to meet Yitzhak at the field, you know, and Chazal tells us it's, it's this field of Machpelah, what can I tell you? It's a love affair, and and there's nothing like it in the world. And I really, I really extend my invitation to both of you. You know, next year Shana Chevron, Hashem, we we'd love to host you. And you don't have to bring a tent. The, the Hebron Fund will will make sure to keep you comfortable
2: as comfortable that. as we can in Hebron. We appreciate that. You know, yeah, you're we're made, gonna come. You come in with, with our caravan, sort of combination. And it, it made me think that you know when we think about Shabbos Chayesar and Hebron, you think about safety and security from the Arab neighbors. But after Meron, we learned that safety and security can be a challenge just from stampedes and numbers and volume. How does that get managed? Is that a big concern? Um, what's done now to, to help make sure that the flow of traffic and spacing and that it's a safe environment for everyone?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I can't tell you how much effort. You, you just talked about safety, but I'll, I'll talk to you about something that we debate and discuss endlessly, bathrooms we need lots of bathrooms, we need lots of garbage cans, we need lots of uh, uh, policing, making sure that there's no abuse because in such situations, 40,000 people. And in fact, we do have some uh, 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 security problems, not so much from Arabs, but from 10 drunk Jews who, who, who just make a lot of trouble. Uh, so we have that sometimes. And so we have to deal with a lot of logistics. Uh, you're absolutely right. Now, the building is very sturdy and the avenues are relatively wide. So we don't have the situation that you had in Mayron. There's no like bridges built and anything like that. It's all on the ground. Uh, so we don't have those problems, but yes, we have to make sure that there's no crushing and we employ lots of people and we do lots to bring bathrooms, garbage cans, security, army. Transportation is a big, it's a tricky problem because getting into heaven was not exactly so simple, just physically, logistically. So we, for, for example, we, we we have, you know, like in Meiron, we have a one-way bus system, like a circle that they come in, drop people off and, and leave. And Saturday night, we didn't let private cars leave till two hours after Shabbat so that all the buses could take people. There's really lots of logistics. For us, we say, we have a little joke inside the office, we call it which is a, a famous phrase in Israel, which means after the holidays, like banks stop working and like towards Rosh Hashanah, you're like, they're like So we say for us goes a few more weeks after Sukkah to, to Chai Sara. I got to tell you, I have a tremendous weight lifted off my shoulders after Chai Sara. And, and on, top of, on top of all that, people like myself are also concerned with bringing VIPs in, uh, bringing speakers we had jonathan pollard this year and we had him speak uh we have rabbi shmuel Eliyahu speak uh last year we had my good friend svi kelly very famous israeli commentator, speak we always bring VIPs, so that's in housing them and bringing them in the whole thing so it's a big headache and it and it's and it's one of the most special things again it's like a festival that 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 that, that is that is by the way it started as a political protest against Netanyahu in 1996 uh, to not give away Hebron to the Palestinian Authority. That's how it started. Today, it's much more of a cultural heritage, spiritual gathering to really show our connection to our fathers and mothers in Hebron.
3: Hmm. Wow. Do do people have to reserve? Like, how do you know how many people to anticipate?
0: Okay. So the one thing that we do have to reserve, Chabad, and I must mention Chabad. Uh, Chabad, by the way, came to Hebron in the year 1807. And you can debate whether Chabad is Zionist or not Zionist. We could have a whole discussion about that. Uh, but if you ever want to evoke the more Zionistic style feelings out of Chabad, just mention Chevron. They are wild about Chevron. And our uh, Chabad Shaliach, uh, Danny Cohen, has basically instituted uh, the largest Shabbat feeding uh, tents. In the world and there's about three thousand mm-hmm. people but it's not like uh uh what do you call it it's not uh what do you call it when 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 you when you have a tray and you pick up food what's like called the uh, cafeteria style uh, yeah it's not cafeteria style it's waiters china they know how to do it uh, they put yeah. tents and those wow. tents have chandeliers big pictures of the revi and and so you do have to reserve that and that costs money uh if you want to eat at the chabad tents then there's you know people like baruch Marzel who give out challenge and stuff for free uh, and then there's the Hebron Fund, which is the fundraising arm of the Jewish community of Hebron. And we bring VIPs and we fed them beautifully and then toured and brought them VIPs to hear from, including Knesset member uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir came and spoke and, and, and chiefs, uh, Command, the brigadier general of the region came and spoke, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of logistics, but it's a very special thing. And for us in Hebron, where one of our big fights is to normalize. Hebron, make it less scary, make it accessible, and then therefore make it more ours in the eyes of Jewish people, people outside the land of Israel and our own government, it's a, it's a big deal to succeed in making Chai Sarah smooth and beautiful.
2: You uh, you mentioned Ben Gvir, we'll come back to that in a moment, we're not going to let that pass, but you said normalize, that's your mission, that's your mandate, normalize Chevron. And I think it's important for people to realize that you're normal, and what I mean by that is, people try to picture these settlers from Israel, right? They're like they're violent, they're cavemen, they're barbaric, they're archaic. Settlers are fundamental, they're extremists. They're painted in a certain light until you until you meet them. You know, my brother and his family live in a lone foot in Gush Etzion. He's a he's a settler. He's a rabbi and a doctor, and my brother is the gentlest, sweetest person that ever walked the face of the earth. He's the farthest thing from the image. And and you. You know, you you went to high school with me. We went to Frisch. You're a couple years younger than I am. You came back and you went to YU. You were a lawyer, Cordoza. Cordoza, correct? You graduated right. law school. You're a lawyer. Um, and, and right before this episode, you were doing yoga. So when we talk about, you know, the settler, you're not a fanatic. You're not somebody who's an extremist. You're not some gum-touting violent. So talk to us about how did a kid who came from uh, Frisch, Paramus, New Jersey, uh, Frisch Cougar, How did you go from Y.U. Cordoza and now be a spokesperson of this hotly contested city in the world stage called Chevron, how do you find yourself? Did you picture, is this what you thought you'd be doing? When you were in high school and I was chasing you to get into davening, when you were in (laughs) Y.U., when you were getting your law degree and whatever you thought you would do with your law degree, did you picture that one day you'd be on all the major news stations, you'd have an op-ed printed in the New York Times, which drew a lot of controversy around it. Did you ever think that you'd be that spokesperson for Chevron, and to a degree also for Israel?
3: Yeah. Did you apply for the job? Was there an opening international spokesman, or you just stepped in and you said, "I'm, I'm doing it."
0: I had been. Uh, my the, my predecessor was uh, David Wilder, uh, who had done great job as a spokesman of Chevron of for many years. And when he stepped down, I basically was like David, you know, I, I heard you're stepping down. I want the job, and he recommended me. Uh, I had been in Jewish media for years beforehand. I was the manager of the Arutz Sheva English language radio station. Um, Rabbi Ephraim, you 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 talked a lot about uh, like that that I'm normal, that we're normal. The truth is, is that we're very passionate. We're not fanatical, but we, you know, and we accept others, and there's a love for other people, and there's no hate, and there's no like inner like violence, quite the opposite. But we are, but we are quite passionate, and I think that. The two of you are quite passionate. That's why you're doing the show. That's why you have such a successful synagogue that everybody you know talks about. that's why people are moving down towards you. I mean, people feel passion and they're drawn to it. Um, I was uh, a passionate young man. Uh, I, when my parents left Israel when I was eight years old, uh, I promised myself and said to my upstairs neighbors that I will be back for the army. And, uh, after my time at Frisch, I, I wanted to go back to serve in the army. I just knew inside my heart that if I didn't serve in the army, that would be something that would bother me. It's just a calling. Uh, I, I have to mention also my parents are Russian Jews, uh, who were also refuseniks in Russia. And there's like a, a tradition to be, you know, strong Jews, you know, uh, my grandfather, you know, fought, fought the Nazis and fought off the, you know, in, in the great, uh, siege of Leningrad and, and so th- there's a tradition of, of being strong. And I, I I didn't want to miss the opportunity to be a, a soldier in the Army of Israel, which is the first opportunity that
2: we've had to do such a thing in 2,000 years. When you I did, did it, it wasn't popular, right? Nobody it wasn't popular at all. So it wasn't today, like today. it's a big in thing. Oh, my big. gosh. I'd be bigger. But today, it's yeah. not usual. When you did it, nobody else did it. You're you're absolutely right. It, it, when,
0: when I was a lone soldier, that term meant that you were alone. <laughs> It didn't mean that there was a whole organization embracing you or, you know, and that yeah, you, know, you didn't have cell phones. You really were kind of alone and you were not burdened. Not everybody understood your your, your, your challenges uh, just to get laundry done and stuff like that. But, but I just knew that I wanted to come back to the Army uh, and do it. And, and it was, you know, it's something that, that later on also you did. I did reserve duty for many years and something that I, that I loved and, and felt great privilege to do it. When I came back to YU, to Shiva Diversity, um, I really enjoyed Yeshiv University, and I, I love New York City. There, I said it. You know, I love New York City, and I love living in New York City. Uh, but I was kind of surprised that uh, Jews were so, they didn't have that yearning to connect with Eretz Israel, so I started an, an Aliyah organization called Kuma, which meant the rise, and I just wanted to promote the consciousness of, like, we can live, go live in our homeland, not disliking America, it doesn't come from this place of like, ew, you know, gosh, muse. no, no. It comes actually from like, the world is good. Hashem made a beautiful world, including the great New York City. And, and now let's go to our homeland and build it up. And uh, we started that at the end of college and I went into law school. And um, when I went to law school, I actually did go to law school with a consciousness that I wanted to learn American law, to go back to my home country, Israel, and to effectuate change, positive change with with that kind of thinking. By the way, Ben Gurion, Herzl, and Jabotinsky all went to, had law degrees from Vienna, from, from Turkey, whatever, from the different various places and brought that way of thinking into creating a state. I wanted to do that. Um, and Hashem has given me the opportunity, you know, in the way the person wants to walk the heavens, the heavens the heaven take you. And Hashem has given me the opportunity to do just that, which is to help build Israel, to help create a bridge between the diaspora and Israel, to help hold hands across the Atlantic, uh, to, to to help consciousness of the centrality of our great mission of building the Jewish state, building Jerusalem, uh, is in our time. And, and what can I tell you? I, I the feelings that I'm telling you right now, I get a zing feeling every single day. Today I was at the Knesset. Today uh, I I was at the Knesset, you know, all afternoon, and I was just like, but well, I. I can't believe I'm here. Hashem, just give me a chance to 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 do something good, to 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 move this dream forward. So you you get to live that every single day, and um, even with the challenges and all that stuff. And you know, I think that's what it means—the tench of like give us a chance to just be part of your your dream and your and the stuff that you want to do in this world.
2: Your energy is is absolutely infectious. So um, I want to ask you a question about about Aliyah in a Moment. But you mentioned Ben-Gvir before, and uh, I believe you were even part of his, his campaign. Ben-Gvir is an enormously polarizing person, as you know, I don't have to tell you, in Israel, maybe even more so outside of Israel. Yeah, uh, yeah. in after, Israel,
0: he's not so polarizing. In Israel, he's actually you know, pretty much understood. It's well known that judges in the Supreme Court like him, Itamar Ben-Gvir,
2: it's known that he's actually attractive in Israel. Not so polarizing, so in America, uh, but though, outside. He, yeah. yeah, so you have this prominent um, a leader of the reform movement. There was a headline just the other day that, that, I won't say his name, but one of the leaders of the reform movement likened Ben Gvir to a Ku Klux Klan leader. And he said, Ben Gvir's career derives from hate, ignites violence, warns his appointment to senior cabinet post could cause a rift with the US. And I'm reading directly from the headline. I know on the other hand, Rabbi Dr. Danny Gordas, who you know we're fond of, wrote an article basically saying Israel had open, free, fair elections that are uncontested. Nobody challenges. This is the will of democracy and its people. And just like America elected first, um, you know, first Trump, many people were deeply disappointed. Then Biden, many people were deeply disappointed. And who knows who's next and who will be deeply disappointed in. But free and open and clear elections and kind of American Jews should not be telling Israelis who expressed their democratic right to vote and voted someone who might be misunderstood or is exaggerated. So tell the audience, I- I'm not weighing in here. I know there are people with very strong feelings that Ben has certain heroes or has said certain statements or has advocated certain policies which are very difficult for people to accept or understand. He seems to have uh, become a little bit more moderate, maybe in the election or since, in order to achieve some greater goals. know, on the other hand, I have family in Israel who may have voted for him and said he's grossly misunderstood. They distort and manipulate you know, who he is and what he stands for, and that's really unhealthy also. So give us, uh, maybe weigh in on both things. Number one, help those who don't know understand a side of Ben Gvir that they don't. And, and I'm not bringing you on to Kasher Ben Gvir. That's not the purpose of that question, but help us understand. And number two, the bigger, broader question, do American Jews and do American Jewish leaders have a right to weigh in and to even sort of put an ultimatum about duly elected Israeli officials? If you're going to give them certain appointments, you're going to risk alienating us.
0: So uh, with your permission, I'll, I'll answer the second question first, and then we'll go into who, who Ben Greer is. I think the diaspora certainly has a right to the opinion, that's obvious. Uh, but at the same time, it should be taken with a grain of salt and I think it should be spoken with some humility. Uh, here in Israel, we're putting our kids on the line. Uh, our wives are driving on these roads. Uh, our children are going on, on, on you know, trips with their schools and we are tired of living in fear we want security uh this is this is the the life that we're leading and so many people in israel live in fear women rep- are reportedly afraid to walk in Beersheva at night in the mixed arab cities like Beersheva, sheva akko yafo ram Lelud. uh here in, in jerusalem not so far away from where i am right now uh next to the university there's an arab village called isawiya and Young Jews, young Jewish women are afraid to walk around the university at night by themselves because of, 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 of attacks. Uh, we know that people that live around Gaza are afraid of shelling. Uh, businesses in the South and in the North pay protection money, protection rackets. For myself living in Judea and Samaria, if I'm driving and I see a nice green hill, I just wanna walk in that hill, I just wanna pull my car over, car over and walk in that hill. I can't do that because you know I have to be armed and, and be aware of the fact that it's dangerous. You know, uh, there's so many so many tales. Recently, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the, the head of the Palestinian Authority, boasted that he helped pay for 7,200 attacks against Jews in the last year alone, and he helped fund that. We live in an atmosphere where there's a lot of hate and a lot of bullying around us. And the people of Israel that elected Ben-Gvir were like, can you please help us with security? Please help us with security. That's the majority of the issues that he's talked about and that's what he keeps i was today in in one of the meetings and he keeps saying give us the internal security portfolio give us the negev and galil portfolio we want to normalize life there we want to bring it back from a place of fear so with regards to the diaspora a little bit of humility you're not living in our shoes i know that people in diaspora sometimes especially in the more liberal circles think that israel projects its modus onto them and they feel uncomfortable that israel is more aggressive or whatever it is look we live two different style lives the style of the jew in the diaspora is to speak truth to power um it's like you know a jew in the foreign court they call it in biblical literature like yosef in the court of pharaoh it's like a di- it's 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 a different way to subside and, and exist israel we are the sovereigns we have issues that we have to deal with so it demands a different way of behaving. Not everything that we do has to broadcast onto you, and not everything that you feel about how Israel looks to you is something you should say in public. You don't like it. Okay, you don't like it, but we're have to. we living this life here. And just with a little bit of humility, if things would be said like, well, we understand Israel's right to choose, but it may make us uncomfortable. Maybe we have to learn more. Maybe we'll meet with it tomorrow. But instead, throwing out these terms like Ku Klux Klan, it's such an absurdity. Like the whole thing about Itamar Ben is, is is to is to, you know, bring more more security uh, to Israel. That's the majority. Yes, there's been other statements, and we can discuss this. But the majority thrust of what Itamar says is. Let's give soldiers right to push back. Let's let's make stronger uh, laws against terrorism, et cetera, et cetera. Now, is that
2: the part that you think got him so many votes? It was that the, sec- that, the security component of what he stands for that is what turned a lot of Israelis around about him.
0: No doubt about that. Uh, he is he he. By the way, is a very interesting character. He is a religious Zionist, but he comes from a secular home. He is what we call in Israel Amami. He's like Sephardic, uh, kind of like. Uh, Amami means, you know, of the people. It means the kind of people that uh, work in the shuk or the taxi driver, the falafel guy. It's, it means like from the nation. And he's got a way of being very clever and smart, a, a brilliant with media, but still being very much a man of the people. And in many ways, it's not his charisma that got all his votes. It's the fact that he said something that everybody else knows, which is we live in fear and we're tired of it. We're tired of living in fear. And so, and that's what that's what people that's why people voted. I've heard how many they get police over, officers.
2: Sorry to interrupt you, Chad, but how did the the voter who voted for him, because they're tired of living in fear? How did they get past certain associations he has, or glorifications he has, or radical statements that he's made? You know, and again, I, I I'm not. This is not behind the beam. is is a, a very friendly and learning and warm and celebratory show. This is not a hard hitting uh, type of uh, show. That's not what we have behind the beam before. So I'm just trying to understand. Even myself is. Can we say palgin and dibure? Do we separate out what people say or do? So, you know, the individual, I could vote for their security part of what they stand for, and the fact that maybe they've said some things or stand for some things that I disagree with or make me uncomfortable or even reject, that I'll I'll ignore. How, how did people navigate that? Uh, he went on uh, TV,
0: not TV. He w- he was in a, he was at a high school, Israeli high school, a secular Israeli high school, and they asked him all the hard questions. It's a wonderful seventeen minute. Uh, YouTube video, which has been seen lots and lots of times, and basically every question was asked, are you against the LGBT community? He says, no, I embrace them. I'm not here to be anti. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to be marching in the, in the gay pride parade, uh, and I you know, may think that, that it doesn't belong in certain places, but it's not my agenda to be anti, and I embrace them. They said, uh, you know, do you think that all the Arabs need to be kicked out? He says, no, I may have said things like that in the past, but today I understand that they're part of our uh, society and even part of our nation, but uh, of course, I'm anti-jihad, not anti-Arab. I'm anti-people who uh, want to hurt soldiers, want to destroy our country, not anti-Arabs per se. Uh, our, you know, you, he, he once pulled off when he was a younger man, he pulled off the um, uh, insignia of the Cadillac off of Rabin's car. And he said, you know, we could get to the prime minister as well. And then the part of the video that they cut out is when they asked him as a young man, what would you do if you met the prime minister? He says, I would yell at him. But they cut that part out. And the other part has become famous. And he said, I regret those. I regret those things. I apologize for that. You know, that, that's not the way to have uh, discourse. Uh, they asked them about uh, having a picture of, of Baruch Goldstein, uh, who was a great doctor in Hebron, but also a man who perpetrated a massacre against the Arabs in Hebron. Uh, Uh, and basically snapped when he was told that there was going to be uh, a massive attack against Jews on that Purim. Uh, But uh, he instead, you know, did this act, which we condemn uh, without equivocation. Uh, But he said that he has apologized for having his picture up, that he was also his friend, and that he added up as a picture because he was also a great doctor that saved Arabs and Jews. But he apologized for that, and he's taken it down. People have noticed his, his moderation, and his moderation is something I'm very proud of, not only for the purposes of moderation but also for the purpose of getting real legislation done he is a pragmatic person who is also a very skilled uh, uh, advocate uh, in supreme court in israel he's, he's one of israel's great lawyers uh, he's known as a civil rights lawyer and, and, a, and a great litigator uh, and so from that place from, from the place of uh, he was once convicted for putting up a you know a, a, a racist sticker that's it uh, the rest of uh, the rest of the accusations were, were dropped uh, he, you know he said for, for, from there he's become a great lawyer, a great advocate and now a, a great politician who's moderated his 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 stances and views and wants to get real policy done to get us back on track I I, I, I must say to everybody here is Israeli Arab cities are full of guns. They tell us this. Uh, the Israeli, the mixed Arab cities and mixed Jewish Arab cities were incredibly violent. 10 synagogues were burnt in the conflict last May. Uh, we, have, uh, we have untold amount of missiles in Gaza and in South Lebanon from Hezbollah and, and Hamas respectively. And And we need to deal with these things. So here comes a guy who came from a more radical tradition uh, and has moderated his views, and is now saying, "Listen, let me take care of the, of the arms against us, of the jihadist ideology against us. I'm not here against the Arabs, and people accept that that's what we need right now. We need somebody that's going to have a, a, more strong stance against that 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 bullying, that jihadism, that criminality that that Jews face. And by the way, he says this, and it's 100% true. Uh, the first victim of the jihad is the moderate Arab." Uh, who is shut down, silenced, and, and even worse, uh, if he says, you know, hey, let's let's get along with Israel. So uh, the, the phenomenon of Vitamar Benkvir is really the phenomenon of Israelis being tired of, uh, uh, of, of persecution and wanting to live
2: uh, under God. And you'd say to Jewish leaders in America... Um, get to know him, listen to him, maybe meet the new him, find common ground, maybe the things you could work on. And the things that you reject, feel free to reject. But the Israeli people have spoken, so sort of better to work with and better to understand. What would your message be to them?
0: Yeah, and and what is this whole? I must say that the atmosphere of America, which is this div- divisive atmosphere, uh, you know, you're afraid of of us in Israel broadcasting onto you, like, come the rhetoric down a little bit like bat it down relax like this is uh, tom friedman wrote an article saying like the israel that you knew is gone actually the israel that you used to know is back which is a tough israel which wants to push back on the bad guys that's actually israel's original uh, kind of heritage and american jewish leaders like guys like what why israel's not going anywhere you're not going anywhere let's have a let's let's calm the the, the discourse, let's have a relationship, let's see where we can find common ground, you are our brothers uh, and sisters, let's let's not use this kind of terminology, let's not use Ku Klux Klan, and somebody Giora Island yesterday said something, here from Israel said that what happened to Hebron with some of the violence that Jews did against uh, against the Arabs, these drunk Jews, he said, this was like Kristallnacht. <laughs> Everybody's gotta calm down a little bit, let's use language that's that's proper and constructive, uh and and i think that i wonder what agenda it serves uh when people use language like that to, uh, is it is it to popularize themselves or are they really so used to this american d- divisive atmosphere or do they want to get in the headlines uh but it's not helping the common person understand israel and understand israel's needs and my life for the last uh, you know 25 years has been to to bridge the gaps between israel and the diaspora to make sure that we're one people and to to get us together on the, on the project of, of building the Jewish state, wherever we are. Uh, I don't find this, this language helpful. And, and I hope that maybe, maybe if I continue helping the Ben-Gvir team, I'll, I'll try to manage, uh, you know, a greater connectivity between those, those leaders and, and Itamar Ben-Gvir and, and people who think like him. Rabbi Brody.
3: Wow. That's incredible. I'm just wondering, is he involved at all in, uh, in your work with Gavron?
0: Uh, no, those are two separate things. Uh, those are two separate things. Chevron is a city. Chevron is a tourist attraction, an educational platform. Uh, that's one thing. But he does live in Chevron. And so uh, the, the way I got close to him is that a lot of people that that know me and, and whatever I do in Chevron, you know, recommended to him. I actually came to him and I said to him, listen, I, I think you're going to need my help for this campaign. And he's like, you know, you're a great guy. I heard a lot of good things about you, but uh, I don't need an English language uh you know i don't need any any help in that department and then like right. a week later uh senator menendez of new jersey you know came out with this radical statement saying you know that that if itamar benfier gets into congress uh, it, it gets into knesset or it becomes a minister that will hurt the u.s israel relations i mean it was such an absurd statement and uh he called me Itamar called me and said you know get to work and um yes, we helped. Uh, yeah and 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 these are absurd statements that that would not be accepted in, in within any other democracy. Nobody would would would, would what, what kind of colonial you know uh, you know impulse is that to tell a people you know what their government should be a democratically elected ally. It's just absurd. And uh, Itamar Ben made that point with a great uh, press release, uh, and Netanyahu himself said, "Hey, you know Menendez and co, calm down." Ah, uh, this is this is our country, and and we're not a banana republic, and we're not going to be, you know talked to in that way. and And this comes from love. And uh, you know we we have a right to elect our leadership. And I think Senator Ted Cruz has done a great job also making that that point heard uh, and others. Uh, so, and it should be.
2: That Bob Menendez generally is a is a dear friend of Israel who's done great things, which is a- why it made, it made headlines because it was so unusual for him. Because he is really a a staunch friend, and and we're so grateful. Particularly, we need bipartisan support. So you should I want to move over to something. Else.
0: I, I just I just want to say yeah. that the the Ben Gvir uh, uh, press release said that right. it thanked Senator Menendez for all of his good work towards Israel, it did not attack him. It just said, you know, let's respect each other's rights and please get to know me before you, you make states, statements
2: like this. Absolutely. You wrote a, an article I loved. You wrote a great article. And because it said something that I believe deeply, only you have infinitely more credibility to say it than I do. And it was after our, our fellow Floridian Ben Shapiro spent Sukkot in Israel and did a major event with Jordan Peterson and um, and was asked at that at that sold-out event about why he doesn't make aliyah and you wrote an article afterwards talking about aliyah being non-binary that maybe a younger version of you felt hey jews either you're with us you make aliyah or if you didn't make aliyah you're not with us and the reason it resonated deeply for me and, and and people who know me know i feel passionately about this so the following reason i am i have two siblings they both live in israel my parents are in israel right now they spend half the year in Israel. And I desperately want to be in Israel. I would be in Israel. I believe we belong in Israel. And here in our shul, we don't talk about if but when we will live in Israel. We we celebrate those who've moved to Israel, we bring in and we host people like this conversation we're having right now. We're not shy. But I find that many people who've made Aliyah have a phenomenon that you know I like to call their, their Aliyah snobs. And what it means to be an Aliyah snob is somebody who maybe spent a good part of their life, certainly their youth, maybe even their adulthood. And from the day they moved to Israel, they no longer understand how anyone could live outside of Israel. And rather than positively appeal to and collaborate and invite, they actually alienate. So, so I, in my social media presence, will often speak about Israel or advocate for Israel. And there's a whole, I, I am ready for it. I already get ready for it. It's a cadre of people who will post publicly or write me privately. If you really cared about Israel, you'd make Aliyah. You know, or why are you doing a night for Israel that is a thousand Jews and non-Jews and we hosted last year. We're very proud of it. If you really cared about Israel, you'd make Aliyah. Or something happens. Or... If, if there's a question or a conversation about anti-Semitism, they'll write, well, if you're afraid really, you know, you kind of, they don't say this, but almost, you almost deserve this because really you should just, just make aliyah. I was in Israel recently. I had several family simchas and 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 at, at both of them, frankly, in two different cities, I won't mention where. And I'm, I get ready for this already now. How many people will come over to me and say, Rabbi, if you just go back and get up on the bima and say you're making aliyah, the whole show will go with you. So really you're like the problem. Ezra Nehemia, you know, we start to go through Jewish history together, I'm the problem. And it's so unhelpful. And it so makes me think twice before posting something, advocating positive, speaking out, because I don't want to get that onslaught of the Aliyah snobs. And I loved your article because what you essentially say is Aliyah is not binary. You're not either there or here. Aliyah, Israel is a central mission of the Jewish people. Torah learning in Israel, the Jewish people in Israel. We have three pillars: Am Israel, Eretz Israel, Torah Israel. It's core to who we are, what we dive in for. It's part of our life. Wherever we are, the kibbutz galios is not only geographic, it means our attention and our efforts and our and our contribution is from wherever, wherever we are. And I have this dream. We've talked about it. We worked on it recently. We didn't follow through on that project. If you're listening, stop getting in touch. We did not follow through on a particular project. But I have this dream that says, Instead of vacation village and instead of century village, a seasonal community in America, why can't we, for those who say, I want to be in Israel, I belong in Israel, I need to be, I will be in Israel, I'm not yet ready to make aliyah. But I could spend my summer, I can go for chagim, not an apartment I use seven days a year and, and raise the, the the cost of living for all the Israelis in that neighborhood who can't get an apartment, but create a space, create a, a sort of vacation village, a, a create a bungalow colony, just like the phenomenon in America, that people go for a season, why can't we put together a group of people who say, I want to live there for a season. I can't live there all year yet. I want to live there for a season. So I love that article. And, and you basically, I guess I'll pose it to you this way. Did you accept Ben's answer? Right, Ben, a little bit caught off guard, which he isn't often, past guest of Behind the Bema and our neighbor. So Ben kind of looked a little bit and he said, look, I think my shlichos, my mission, my I'm making a difference there. And many Israelis, did not accept that. Did not like that. One might have thought you'd be among them. Instead, here you write this article that says essentially, you know, I sort of accept that. It's not binary. We need friends everywhere. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? I have to tell you
0: that I'm uh, very moved by your question. Uh, it's something that I'm that I feel very strongly about, and I I wrote that article. It came out of me, out of a, a lot of experience, and I I didn't know if people all understood it, what I was writing, and, and you really you know you know, understood what i was saying and and i'm i'm very i'm very gratified and touched by that and it it's um i got a lot to say about that but i'll, I'll tell you a little stories that i i was uh, once um reading a book called millionaire mind somebody told me to read this book and sometimes you know sometimes you read a, like, a, like a non-jewish book and it gives you like a haara like an understanding in the jewish concept and he says if you want to be a millionaire and you're a kind of guy that walks past the millionaire's house and you kind of curse them or put an eye on them and you're kind of jealous of them. If you don't know how to bless that other millionaire and just say, God bless you and may you continue to be successful, you'll never be a millionaire. And I was like, that is so true. That's what I want to be in this world. A person who draws positivity and light, blessings for people. I don't want to go to America and say, oh, you're, you're building another shul here. What are you needed for? Come to Eretz Israel? I want to bless you. I want to come here and send you a blessing, send you a connectivity. I want to look at you. So I start my speeches a lot of times I, or end my speeches. I say to people, I want to bless your rabbi. I want to bless your mikvah. I want to bless your kosher food. I want to bless your school and bless the shul. And then I say, let's take a step towards connectivity to, to Eretz Israel. What's the step that you're going to take? What's the, what's the little step are you going to take? And one that I've recommended um, and has, has had the most impact, as I say to people, Just buy wine and drink kosher wine from Eretz Yisrael Friday night. Friday night, make Kiddush on wine from Eretz Israel, and tell your kids and tell your neighbors, this is wine from the Holy Land. Not because I'm supporting the Holy Land, so Holy Land supporting me, it's going to go into my veins. And and this is the this is the water that Eliyahu drank. I'm going to drink it now. And here I am. And if you're in, I was just recently in Aventura, Florida, it's Sarah's tent, and you could buy. I don't know what they have in Boca, but but certainly in, in Sarah's tent, you could get wines from like every part of Eretz Israel. In short, we've got to build bridges not cut bridges down. We, we we need to support people. And I know so many people who are lawyers, who come for the summer, and these men work at night while their wives and kids, you know, grow up in Eretz Israel for the summer because they could do it because the kids are up. I know lawyers in America, this is from Konoza Law, who hire only Israelis not only but like a lot of israeli lawyers so that they could give israelis parnasa. We, we we have so many things that we do so many steps that we take how many people in your community now also own an apartment in israel how many people in your community send their kids to the army or to aliyah or to yeshiva for a year or two whatever it is we, we are building bridges and to come to people and to be snooty which is a human instinct you know but it it's not building bridges. It doesn't bring people any closer. It's just a mistake. And you you pointed it out better than I could. It's just a it's just a mistake. It's not the way to do it. And people have their situations. They have their parnasa. They have their 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 moms and dads. They have their kids in the school. They have they're afraid of this or that. There's a million reasons that their wife he wants to go, but she doesn't want to go. She wants to go, he doesn't want to go. I mean, I see that all the time. Uh, and so. So instead of telling people like, "Wow, you're you're up a creek because your wife doesn't want to go," I tell them, "Was okay. So what step are you going to take? You know, what what little thing? You know, are you going to come for the summer? Are you going to budget every year a trip to Eretz Israel? Um, send your kids to camp in Israel, one of those OU camps. Uh, you know, send your daughter to go to Bar Ilan. You know, if your son says, "I want to go to the army," let him. Uh, and of course, I always tell people buy an apartment. That's that's I don't even tell people to make aliyah. I said buy an apartment. It's good for your money. And and it, and it cha- maybe you'll tell me maybe it changes your halachic status in terms of uh, if you should keep one day or two days in air eretz yisroel. Our job is to put put people in the game, not out of the game. Our job is not to be snooty to our brothers and sisters, but to to, to hold hands. <laughs> our job is to bless uh, the the communities around the world and 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 give them a light of Israel. By the way, when people send money uh, to support them, what is what is money? Money is your sweat, your 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 effort in hebrew another word for money is damim. it's your blood and the blood has the neshamah in it the torah tells us so part of you is making aliyah your money is making aliyah to Eretz yisrael it's like it's your your, your hard efforts is going to Eretz Israel i respect that so much and i and by the way there's another group of people there's the people who make aliyah but fly there's you know you go to modin or what do you call it there these are all guys and gals who ladies and men who like fly, I have a, my good friend, Dr. Weizen, who is a, is a doctor in Florida, but he lives here in the front and he, and he flies to, 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 to Florida, you know, once a month for a week to, to do uh, emergency medicine. There's so many ways to like to like to 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 live it, and the Kodesh Baruch has given us a time of of Aynu Kichol Meim. He's opening it up. Why should we Why should we close it and say no? You got to be just like this. This is the way to do it. Hashem yeah. has given you an opportunity. You know, you know, you know that there's eleven. I counted eleven direct flights from the New York, New Jersey area to Israel every day. Every day, eleven flights, and from Florida, there's 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 many flights, and I'm thankful to allah
3: daily is no. from american airlines they just announced oh, it right yeah.
0: that's right yeah. and you have a lot and and that's not even the 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 stopover flights if you count right. that and forget about it then there's tons of of, of kibbutz
2: Galios, yeah
0: kibbutz Galios, that's exactly it Shivat zion. we're building together now what i ask is what i do ask is can we get around the idea that the mission of our time is to help build eretz Israel? that would that the central big project of the jewish people is the building of Yerushalayim in Eretz Yisrael that's our central project no matter where you are let's get around this idea that that's the project of our life of our of our time mm-hmm. of these generations but
2: you know what like BRS for god's sakes that's the shul that's like <laughs> we <We're> will trying <laughs> and i'll just tell you by the way for all those listening if i got up Rabbi Brody if i got up instead of making aliyah next week who's in how many people would come maybe you maybe
3: not yeah, I, first of all, I would I would be on that flight with you. This that, that's not weird. why that's I'm were, not
2: going. Right? That's not why I'm not going right. because people wouldn't come. But it's a, it's a misnomer. Life's complicated. It's new. It hour. is complicated. And, of you're
0: and you're on shlichut. And you're on you teaching Torah there. You're bringing generations up.
2: And that's that's not even, that's, yeah, I was just at yeah, the your light, the, light the, that 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 right. positivity and that connectivity and that's it's so refreshing. We love it. Thank you. Yeah. It's
0: it, it's it it came from real life experience. It came from flying to America. And realizing that I don't want to be that guy that doesn't spread the love and the light. I want to be the guy who brings a spark of Eretz Yisrael and, by the way, takes a spark back uh, uh, to, to Eretz Yisrael and brings the best of America back. kitser let's not be snooty to one another. It doesn't bring anywhere. Let's love, Amen. let's kamocha. Let's hold each Amen. other's hands. Let's Amen. strengthen the diaspora Jewish community. Let's let's get around the, the the project of Israel. Let's take small steps that we can uh to to love one another
3: and, and and to be on the same page. Amen. Robert Brody, final word. I love it. Do you? I'm just wondering. Do you see a lot of the children of those living in America now making Aliyah and bringing their parents? Do you see more and more of that happening?
0: I, I, I see all kinds of phenomena. I see all kinds. I see I see I see the army. Ki, ki, you know, Yeshiva kids at Hakotel or at Leva Torah being like, "I'm going to the army." And and by the way, like there's a class of let's say you know fifty or hundred, so two, three, five want to go to the army, but but it's it's normative. Right. I see American Jews sending their kids to Israel. That's become totally normative for the year and and staying later. I see parents more supportive of kids saying I want to stay in Israel. Right. I see that. Uh, I see more people buying apartments in places like Beit Shemesh, and my friends who sell apartments tell me that you know there's just a, a run on. Uh, on, on purchases. and I when when I go to um, to Sarah's tent, I see a lot of Israel you know there uh, uh, you know and and sending its you know its blessings. Kids are in short. Uh, that's that's why back to the other question of Vitamar Bankvir, those reform rabbis that made those statements, they're not helpful to anybody. Why should we like promote this idea of, of of distance? Let's promote the idea of closeness. Yeah, we're not the same. We have different different ways that of 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 governance and and, and the different survival methods. Uh, but we should not like we should not we should not fan the flames of distance, but rather, you know, uh, seek to to embrace. And there's there's all kinds of phenomena. Another phenomenon, by the way, is the IAC, the Israelis living in America who have have conglomerated together for a wonderful organization. Many of their, they have Israeli culture in their house. Many of their kids make Aliyah. Many of their kids go to the army. So Amazing. in short, you know, we let, you know, it, it's it, and I guess maybe maybe it's back to Hebron. You know, Hebron is from the word Chibur. And the, the main thing about Hebron is the mothers and fathers together. These are men and women who came together in love to build a family, to give birth to a nation. That's why I call it the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. It's about, you know, coming together. That's what Am Yisrael is about. You know, in Yerushalayim, it's a city that joins us all together. You know, can can American Jews, by the way, come more for 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 Sukkot and for Pesach? Yes. You know, and, and for Shavuot, Regalim, great. Come for Regalim you know listen li- listen to the opportunity of our time buy that apartment
2: but uh, but looking down
0: i don't think that's the way to move forward you
2: should keep doing what you're doing let's leave it right there what a perfect place thank you for all that you're doing thank you for your efforts thank you for your energy thank you for your soul and your spirit thank you for your friendship really thank you for all that you're doing it's been a, a fantastic eye-opening conversation and we wish you and the holy hebron community and we wish all of our brothers and sisters in Israel and around the world only only chibur and Chevron only that connection and that unity and that love. Thank you so much for going behind the bima with us. And, and and let me
0: send you a blessing to this great show, to the great kiddush Hashem that you're doing, your wonderful shul, your wonderful community that is that is a light. A lot of people I I know I've, and I've heard a lot of people are touched by by what you're doing and continue to have success. And and Hashem should continue to keep us together um, and strong. Yeah. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed Behind the Bema, uh, where I uh, got to appear on this uh, kind of renowned uh, podcast and and show. It was really an honor and a pleasure, and uh, I thank them. And I want you to check out the Behind the Bema podcast uh, and show. It's on YouTube, uh, and it's all over the place, and it's strong in the Orthodox Jewish world. And if you want uh, the perspective of the Orthodox Jewish world, and if you want to learn oodles of Torah, check out Rabbi Goldberg's regular Torah podcasts. He is just a master teacher and puts out tons and tons of awesome content. All right, folks, I want to thank again all the folks that uh, make this show happen. You Seidman Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou, when we're live for putting the show together, for getting it out to the world. Uh, please rate it highly if you can in your podcast listenership places. Uh, if you could send it to friends and family, that would be great. If you want to support the show through buymeacoffee.com forward slash uh, If you want to go to YishaiFleyship.com see the rest of my content, including videos, articles, uh, and, of course, our projects here in Israel that you could support, that's all there. I want to thank all of our sponsors, which I already discussed uh, in the previous half, uh, but they make uh, all the difference in the world uh, for our show. And I want to thank God Almighty for the opportunity uh, to, to speak it out, to talk about His vision, to talk about His great miracles, to be on His team at any level is the greatest honor and gift. And if you're listening to the show, you are on that team don't doubt it. You are in this generation and this time and you are part of the story. If you listen to this part, of the, if you're here at the end of the podcast, uh, that means that you are a person uh, of great concern and, uh, about the time that we live in. And you want to be active. You want to be part of it. And I'm telling you that you are. You are. You are empowered to be part of God's great dream. All right, folks. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. Lots of love. From the Holy Land. I'm standing here in Hebron right now in the beautiful Tel Rumeda next to the tomb of Ruth and Ishai, and I'm sending you blessings from the Davidic Kingdom to wherever you are in the world. Lots of love and shalom.